Huzzah! I'm Spider, and welcome to the Jacks Rangers and New England Free Jacks podcast. And here is your host, Phil Harris. Yeah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show. I am broadcasting from the new Granite Outpost here in beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire. How about that win against our biggest rival, the New York Carpenters, the New York whatever they're calling themselves next year. It is so good to go down to New York State and beat the defending champions in their own venue. It sure as hell sounded like and looked like an alternate home ground for the New England Free Jacks with our expeditionary forces being loud and proud throughout pretty much the entire game down there. So super proud of our Rangers that made the trip down there, the Expeditionary Forces. Welcome to episode 70. We're calling this one Big D. The New England Free Jacks are playing the Dallas Jackals, the lowly Dallas Jackals, this weekend at Fort Quincy. In this episode, this is round number three with our good buddy, the local youth rugby coach legend himself, Daniel Mahay. Or not. We also spoke with our Dallas correspondent, good friend of the show, the co-founder of the Jackal Den, Rick Collins, and Diamond Dave and I, of course, broke down the New York game and the New York review, and we previewed the Dallas game. With that being said, it's time to hit that theme music. Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. Uh, I've got Diamond Dave and a very, very special guest this time around. We've got Daniel. Um, pronounce your t- Tell us your last name one more time. So what's funny is I'm not really sure how you pronounce it. Um, so I-, I pronounce it Mejia Onat, but that's Mejia Onat is not really my, my last name. So um i i was born in mexico i lived there till i was nine and i came to the united states uh mm-hmm. now my mom started the paperwork but i actually um i was i was i i was i was known by the state they knew exactly where i lived i was not undocumented um but i was in that in-between stage kind of like we are right now yes um, <laughs> until i was 21 i went from nine years old and I was uh, I was I was trying to be brought over as a uh, minor dependent, but then I turned like 16 or something, mm-hmm. and so that got thrown out. Then I tried to come in as a uh, as a dependent, but not minor dependent. Then I turned 18, so that was thrown out. Mm-hmm. And then right before college, uh, they managed to get the paperwork in. So uh, right at 21, I was able to get the paperwork. So my second part of my last name so in some countries in latin american countries you identify the father's name and the mother's name so you know just by looking at one last name what's this product of this person Mm -hmm. where they come from so mejia is my father's last name and onat would be my mother's last name except it's onate it's not o-n-a-t it's o-n-y-a-t-e but coming over when when they first took my paperwork down they're like well we don't have this enye thing it's an end with a tilde on top okay. and somehow somewhere along the way the e the guy just forgot to put the e on it so my name is daniel mejia Onat, but 
that's technically not really my last name, um, but I don't care. It is now. I'm filling it in, and I'm having a great time with it. So that's how you – but, you know, I've been called a lot worse things in my life. So <laughs> however you want to pronounce it, I'm really not going to get very, you know, bent out of shape about it. So there this goes is- that. Well, I appreciate the explanation. This is our third round with Daniel here. He is a local uh, youth rugby legend as far as I'm concerned. Now, the previous two uh, appearances that we had you on the show, they were all my questions. So I wanted to get you on a third time to have, you know, go through Dave's question. But it was so long ago that we had you on that we couldn't find his questions. And I had a root canal done today, so I don't have any questions prepared. But I know that Dave does. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to turn it over to Dave at this point. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. What's up, Dave? I drummed, you know, I drummed up a few questions. Sure. Thinking about uh, how things have been going. Uh, First question, were you able to get to the home opener and if so what did you think or did you catch the match on tv oh man you're it's right off the bat aren't you it was you know what it was a great game i had a fantastic time watching the game i love the the connection between what is it johnston and bellaconda and then you know was it vander beak and oh vander vander whatever in bellaconda and then (laughs) poland went in i mean the game was fantastic it really was a great great game and and i tell you i was not there um, uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, so so uh, another story or, or uh, about you know about me is um, my birthday is uh, March fourteenth. So uh, so oh. ha- happy birthday to me! Happy Thank you guys for, for being happy me birthday. on. Uh, growing up in the Boston area, I always had uh, the best birthday in the world because they always put on like this awesome parade, and there was always Guinness, <laughs> and people were dancing in the streets. I could go anywhere; it was amazing. My birthday was also like two weekends, you know, like. Like the first weekend just to warm up mm-hmm. in the middle of the week we went crazy and then uh the, the second weekend was absolutely awesome uh so so um unbeknownst to me my wife got me tickets to uh, uh blue man group now i've already seen blue man group but we brought my uh nine-year-old and my 13-year-old and man I tell you, it was it was it was awesome. It was a fantastic show. It hurt a little bit that I wasn't there with you guys. It hurt a little bit that it was snowing just like last year, although mm-hmm. last year was more blizzarding than snowing. It was more like an actual honest to goodness blizzard. We got a uh, I think four inches or something. Or was it twelve? I don't know. The more that time goes on, the the bigger the yeah. story. So I think it was sixteen inches. Right. It was it was eighteen to twenty four. Oh. I believe it was. Oh, it was yeah. crazy. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I couldn't get my car out of the parking lot basically. But long story short, David, uh, it was a fantastic game. I saw the game. The guys looked fantastic. My heart dropped when I saw uh, Josh go down. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to see like I I'm I'm the type of guy where if there's an accident. I don't, I don't rubber neck to see it. I find my way and I shoot past it as fast and as hard as I can. Um, but I, I did rewind it just to see what was going on because I was really concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't heard. I saw on his um, his Facebook account he did sort of respond to somebody saying, "Hey, how you doing?" So mm-hmm. it was nice to see him, you know, you know, on his own Facebook, his own media, mm-hmm. uh, announce that he's 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 not. Um, He's healing. He's healing. Right. So I, yeah. what that means, I mean, do you have any idea what's going on with him? I don't think any, no. any announcements from the Freejects have gone out, right? No, right. I mean, one of the things we've talked about in this league is that there's no standards for, like, uh, injury announcement and, like, yep. injury lists and things like that. Yep. 
Um, yep. And that at one point the Free Jacks were actually by far the most clear and transparent team on that stuff. Yep. But I think, frankly, I think it's kind of you're almost putting yourself at a competitive disadvantage if you're mm-hmm. being that clear you're announcing all and that, yep. nobody else is. Exactly. So it, it makes sense. Exactly. I, I think that you kind of have to do as the league does, and it's mostly just keep mum um, about where where guys are at, which which makes sense. And I mean, you know, we're I understand. It's also guys, uh, you know, their medical situation yeah, is their exactly. business too like i respect that piece into, as well exactly i mean yeah people where, can share whatever where's the line exactly like, are you pregnant share, man so. are you like what's going on with you right like <laughs> right. where is the line where am i allowed yeah, to ask yeah. the and i actually Absolutely. i'll tell you i felt a little bit weird i mean he's a friend he's a friend on facebook so he's you know right. yep. he's, he's an acquaintance um he, he's come out and he's done some free uh some free jacks youth stuff uh that i've been involved in so that's been awesome and that alone makes it so that i now own every single one of his secrets Right. So I went onto his Web page and I, I, I wanted to see what was going on. And uh, he, he did announce that he's he's healing. He's OK. It sounds like he did get a little bit of a, of a thing going on, but I don't think it's a yeah. season ending because I was the way he walked in that that <clears throat> man gets beat up every yeah. single game all mm-hmm. game long it's a thing mm-hmm. that starts at the beginning of the game it's almost like he gets the first hit and he gets the last hit in the game he has made a steal and um yeah you know towards the end of the season you see the little bruises and the bumps and you see the ties and you see the tape um but you don't you don't really see him you know you know complaining about it very much but when he went down and he was, and I've I've seen it before. I've I've had you know injuries like that. He went down and he was just holding his arm. You know they had to stop play basically because of him, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, that that concerned me. But long story short, I I watched that. <laughs> we were driving back to Rhode Island. I live in Rhode Island. We were driving yeah. back to Rhode Island. I was a ninety three, and I looked to the left, and I was like. Hey guys, you're probably <laughs> you knew about it was over there. And yeah, it was about to end. Uh, There's probably another like ten minutes, ga- ten minutes left in the game. Yeah. And uh, shot home. Uh, I think there's like a an hour period for it to like load up on, and then I yeah, just watched it like twice straight. And it was, it was a great game. It was a fantastic game. I watched <laughs> pretty much. I think I watched every single game on uh, the rugby network. Uh, so that was that was a lot of yeah. fun. That was a lot of fun. It was a riveting week. Uh, side note, mm-hmm. Sam Malcolm, every single point. What mm-hmm. the devil is that? Yeah, incredible. Talk about putting a team on your back. You know, give yep. him a, he better get the ovation of a lifetime when he walks out uh, in Toronto. Yeah, um, yep. <clears throat> well, speaking All right, you got of, another question, buddy? You got another question? I do, yeah, I do. Do. Speaking <laughs> see, what do you of got? youth rugby, you mentioned that Josh Larson uh, has helped out a lot down there. Yes, he Tell has. Tell us yep. what you and the Free Jacks have been up to down in Rhode Island. Yeah, so it's almost like what have I been doing um, prior to right now and then what might be happening going forward? Yeah, both, so, both pieces. Um, tell us about yeah, what exactly. you've been doing first and then tell us about what you're going to be doing. Right, so what I have been doing is running around like a chicken with my head cut off trying to make an effort and try to stand up a rugby club not knowing how to do it right yeah. now actually that's that's a little bit uh a little bit unfair to the efforts that i that i've taken i've 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 seen clubs try to start a youth program um 
God, so I played in high school, played in college, continued playing uh, later on, played with Boston men for a while, then moved down to Rhode Island. So I've seen a lot of pro, and I've also, I was the men's division three coordinator. So I've I've seen a lot of um, programs start and just die, just absolutely die. They either have like a single point of failure. There's one, the one teacher you have in the club who can, who can maintain weird, you know, two o'clock, three o'clock practices. Um, then the dude wins a, you know, wins the lottery or gets hit by a bus, and that's it. The whole folds, right? The whole thing right. absolutely folds. And hey, we had a great rugby club for a season or two, you know, yeah. and, and they had nobody to play with. Um, so I've, I've seen people make a lot of mistakes, and and so I started plotting out. You know, it's kind of like why you pay a plumber to go, you know, or an electrician from the union to come do your stuff is because they may not know how to do exactly your job, but they know what not to do, right? So I was I was spending, uh, God, it's probably like ten years or more, more than ten years. I really had the idea that I wanted to uh, get a club going while I was playing. I continued to play in Providence for a while, so probably about fifteen years or so. I was I was really thinking about what I needed to do, and I started really paying attention of what not to do. Um, so armed with all the things you don't want to do, I went out there and said, "Okay, let's." Let's now try to get a rugby club going. Um, and thankfully, uh, I haven't fallen prey to any of like, the big problems that, that some of these clubs or some of these efforts um, just folded after you know, yeah. just, just one season, which, which is great that they had a season, but you know, whatever. So what, what, have him do, what have I been doing? So what was nice is the Free Jack showed up, right? So it kicked off right at the end of, uh, uh, of uh, COVID for me. Um, the, the field that I wanted to use was available. The, the people there wanted to, to, to have me. They weren't going to charge me very much. I started thinking, okay, this is the time to do it. The Free Jack suddenly came online and said, we want to help youth. And I was like, well, I'm a youth, so I, I want you to help me. <laughs> so I, I spent a lot of time. That's just me, like, the youth. That, I'm yes. the youth man i'm the youth so come with me so in essence we started just getting like rugby things going right we'll set them up at a rec center for an hour clinics and like one-time things like exactly exactly come learn to play rugby free or low cost exactly and then then i quickly realized well you know what i'm i'm running a club i should probably be telling the kids that the free jacks are seeing that they can come to my (laughs) club after they go there right so that that was like the first like ding right so they came they came to a rec center that I set up and that was great, but that was like a, uh, it lasted an hour, an hour and a half, basically. It was a great event. Um, But I kind of forgot to mention to the kids there that they should join my club. You know, I, I don't think I ever said once come join my club. So armed, armed with a a, a better structure, it it basically, it basically, you know, I, I went with the, you should not have an event you know, 500 miles from where they can join a club. Okay, excellent. I've got a club here. So as long as I do it in Providence and not Southern Providence or or Southern Mm -hmm. Rhode Island or something, just keep it close to Providence. Um, Announce that we're having, uh, we're having it here. So then it starts to change a little bit more. So the the last one we had, um, what, what, what we figured out works really well is they come to a school and they run a gym class at the very beginning of the day. 
And then they stay and they do the next gym class and the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. And before you know it, they've done seven and the whole school, well, half the school has gone through or has an experience. The whole school has had an experience of rugby. You schedule that a second time and you get the other half because most schools have like an A and a B day and an A day. Right, half the kids right. have gym. Mm-hmm. On a B get day, the, the other half the kids have. Exactly. Yep. So that and, and, you know, they're for them. You know, coming at uh, uh, what is it like eight thirty and leaving around two? That's like a half day's work. You know, they travel over here, travel back. That's that's pretty straightforward. So that's yeah. basically what we've been doing. We've been having a great time setting them up at like rec centers, uh, setting them up at schools. Now, what I did is I started setting them up at, at middle schools because mm-hmm. the age group is 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 small. It's pretty small, uh, um, yeah. and you can it's pretty the much treat... range, like of exactly kids. very in terms very of years, you know, just a couple exactly. two or three, depending on how the city does it. Absolutely, because at first I was like, "Yes, I'm going to do all," because I have a bunch of elementary schools around here, and I have a yeah. very big elementary school just down the street. But then I realized if they come, you know, the first gym class of the day could be you know kindergartners. And the second class of the day could be sixth graders, and right. there's a huge difference yeah. there. Yeah. So, and it's I, actually I, a pretty, it's a pretty tough switch to just jump from you know a, a, an age swing that big. You're going to be interacting with kids differently. You're going to be having them work on different things, like do different activities. They're going, you're going to coach them in a different way. So, exactly. Yeah, it's kind so of a big need- ask. Right. And, and the thing is, like, I didn't know I didn't know the free jacks. You know, I, I when they first said, hey, we want to help you. I was like, great. I can use your name to open up a school. The school will say yes. As opposed to like, right. hi, I want to play with your kids. Right. <laughs> right. They're not, they're not hi, I'm a dude. Yes to, can I come to the school? <laughs> cool. yeah. I'll bring some rugby balls. Yeah, they're, they're, no, no school is going to do that. But if I say, hey, hi there, I'm, you know, I, 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 I. I, I'm the head coach to a rugby club here. I, I also happen to be uh, the director for non-contact for Rhode Island rugby. Uh, so it's the SRO, the, the governing mm-hmm. body for Rhode Island. I'm also a governor for uh, USA Rugby Foundation. Uh, so, you know, they give equipment. We give equipment. I should say we know. We give equipment to, 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 to exactly to what I'm trying to do. New clubs, right. clubs that need equipment. Um, so, um, we started putting this thing together, staying away from elementary schools, even though I really I, I had a club that had third and fourth grade. So youth is third and fourth grade is one bracket. Fifth and sixth grade is another bracket. Those are non-contact. You have flags. You have a belt right. made of Velcro and flags stick to it and you play flag. And, you know, it, it, it's 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 a it's it's a wide range, but it's still a little bit tighter. I from there, I thought, okay, I'll I'll expand to kindergarten, kindergarten, first and second grade, but that's that. hard to get kids. Yeah, because where do you find them? See, if you want to expand to middle school, all you have to do is wait a year, and you've grown your own kids. They're a year old up; they go to middle school, right? Mm-hmm. They don't right. go backwards. If you have third graders and you wait a year, they don't become two year olds. You know, some of them may act like it, but they don't. They don't become <laughs> two year olds. And I, I, those little ones, I they're adorable. I love it. You know what? They cry when they have their flag pulled. Yeah, you better have a really good. Uh, uh, you know, practice session set up. If you know that, you know, you've got those two or three kids that are going to cry if they pull the flag. Cause you know, yep. 
you, you gotta you gotta build them up little. The third and fourth graders, they got a little bit more. Fifth and sixth graders, you can slap them around some. Middle school, at that point, you know, I'm I'm almost I can almost hit them as hard as I want, um, and and they're 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 okay. Uh, so so we went from a let's just bring rugby out to the masses to well, wait 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 a second let's think about this more and let's see if we can actually come up with a plan where the 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 doors that the free jacks are opening for me mm-hmm. can build on it so that it actually starts bringing kids to my program it's not just it's a one and done the kids never get to see rugby ever again if that's the case you know the free jacks might as well just stay home because it's it's not going to help anybody mm-hmm. um so that's what we're doing now we're trying to get so so with the school that we just went to um so nathaniel green uh, we went over there. Um, we had the full A side. We had the full B side. Sorry, no, I, I think that's 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 rugby language. Um, <laughs> a day and yep. B day. So we hit all the kids. That's going to spring off an after school program. That's going to start in April, and I'm going to do. I I can't show up every day, and I did get a guy. Oh, this is so good. I got a guy. See, this this is what not to do. You don't go to school <laughs> and say, "Hey, I want to start a program for you." Um, you know, um, let, let me at your kids. Like, it's not going to work. If you right. say, Hey, listen, I want to empower you to be able to develop an after school program where a member of your staff becomes the key person for it. I train them and I support them as many practices as they want. So it can be an ongoing thing. Look, hmm. teachers are already there, right? Yeah. They're, they're, right. Uh, so teachers are awesome people. They're just incredible, right? And a lot of them are looking for, uh, like a lot of us, looking for a little extra ducat, you know, a little extra something, something in your pocket. So I'm not going to the school system and saying, hey, you're going to give me money to run this thing. I'm telling them, no, you're going to provide somebody from your system and I'll give them all the support they need in order to be able to feel comfortable running the program. In essence, it's flag rugby. They're right. only going to need me there for two, maybe three sessions. Mm-hmm. And the secret pretty. is, I, what? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty, pretty straightforward, right, yeah. Jeff? It's, yeah. uh, you pull the flag, one, two, three. Oh, you waited too long, right? Let's set up over here. You drop, you knock the ball forward, tweet, ball's on the other side, right? Um, yep. So what I do is, so I'll, I'll show up for, I'll show up and, 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 and run it the first day so that's one day half a day out of my work day so i still got some more vacation that's still good my wife doesn't want to kill me right (laughs) but then see i bring in the college kids from the area Uh. that burns up some of their um volunteer hours so a lot of these clubs a lot of these these kids they have volunteer hours in their neighborhood they've got to burn 10 hours i think it's a year 10 hours a year uh, in order to 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 move on to the next year, yeah. no kid that plays rugby is going to say, you know, no, I don't want to go, you know, play around with these kids. Right. So we we tie in some of the local college kids. They, they we all show up to the first day. So now it's this person that doesn't know rugby, a bunch of kids that don't know what they're doing. I blow the whistle, start screaming at everybody. And then we have a bunch of college kids there to help out. It's like, what more could you ask for? It just right. it. It, 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 you know, it runs itself basically. So that's, yeah. that's what we're doing now. That's, that's basically, and then we've, we've got, um, so uh, what's this new program? Oh my God. The It'll come up soon. A... It'll come up soon. So bag. what's that? Rugby in a bag. Is that what you're. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know so, that's one so, of the programs. I don't know if that's right. The, exactly. The one you're um, and and that's actually you, yeah. I got I got a little bit confused because it, it is exactly that. It is it is a uh, high school um in in youth rugby, and it, I think it's uh the guy's name is Guy something or other. I'll I'll, I'll remember it soon. Um, Guy uh, Hagen. Guy yeah, Fieri. Yeah, that's what it's. <laughs> Guy Fieri. Never mind. Oh, He's no, the no, mayor no, of Flavortown. No. <laughs> that's that's the wrong no. guy. Wrong guy completely. Um, so, so they're they're uh, they're providing rugby in a bag, um, and right now they've mm-hmm. got a lot of steam behind them. Um, yeah. Now, and that is say, that is Guy Hagen. Yeah. You were right, that the director of youth development at Major League Rugby. So that's a Major League Rugby program that you're talking about, right? And he he sent me some rugby balls. In some flags, in some bibs. Oh, as soon as I heard that, as soon as I saw it, you know, he's like, "Yeah, it'll arrive Thursday," and I was like, "Yeah, all right, we'll see what I get on Thursday." (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I will see what I get on Thursday, and it arrived, brother. It arrived. I had some balls. I had some flags. (laughs) I had some bibs. I was like. This takes care of that school because I was going to cut off some of my own equipment from my own club, bring it down there, and donate that to them. Hmm. Now I've got all the equipment that I need for that program. And guess what? We might be doing, um, I say might because everybody says yes, but nobody says when, right? Everybody's like, oh, right. yeah, I'm going to do this. Sounds I'm going to do this. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, it, and for, for like three months, I'm like, oh, how about this Tuesday? How about this Tuesday? How about this Tuesday? Oh, my God. I've with so many Tuesdays. I've got a line of emails that all say, hey, how about this Tuesday, right? right. So it, it'll happen at the local uh, high school. It's one of the biggest high schools, high schools uh, downtown Providence. It's actually, I don't know why Providence does this. We have three high schools all right next to each other. Huh. They just bring everybody there, huh? Right, exactly. So that's the one I went for. So we have other high schools in Providence. We have um, Mount Pleasant High School. We have Hope High School. We have Classical Central and the TCPA. It's uh, it's a vocational school. Those, mm-hmm. those three schools are all downtown. Mount Pleasant is in the Mount Pleasant area, which is actually right near where I live. Mount Hope is over by Mount Hope, way, way over there. Um, so I just picked the one that had a whole bunch of high schools next to it. So we're supposed to be going there and and doing like a rugby day, which I'm think I'm hoping spins off into an after school program because I already have the after school alliance. Uh, oh, no, they're not called the after school alliance. They're called the um, Urban Arts, New Urban Arts, New Urban nice. Arts, working with them to start an after school program. The thing is, nobody tells me what day they want anything done on. So. I might just show it up is, one day and be like... It is hard. It's one of those things everybody thinks it's a great idea. They're like, yep, let's do it sometime. Yeah. And then taking the next At step is point. always the hardest part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And But you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm built for this, man. I, I am built <laughs> for this. I am... I am I am sane. Sorry, no. I am patient, right? I am organized, and I am so good at replying over and over and over, like you know, every week. Like, how about this? That's you great. know, two weeks out. How about two? And weeks those out? really are the skills, out? you know, like that. As that's the stuff that's driving youth rugby and youth engagement forward. So thank you yes. for all the all the replying to all those emails over and over. Oh, again, it's 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 saying, awesome. It's it's a how lot about of fun. this yep. Tuesday? Let's pick a yep. Tuesday. Let's nail one of these Tuesdays to the calendar. Right. So that that's what I've been doing. So at first, Dave, I was doing a lot of stuff that seemed useful but was not very connected. Yeah. It's now, kind of scattershot like, approach. Like just exactly. pop, something here, something here. Anybody get a little bit of something me. going everywhere, but not a lot of continuity or connection. 
Exactly. Now there's it's almost like a game plan, right? At first yeah. it's kind of like oh whatever happens, and now it's really it's it's really set up so you can see that one just leads to the next, to the next, to the next. You know, the, I, I'm gonna go to Central. I'm gonna bring the Free Jacks over there, and you know before I get there and while I'm there, I'm like hey, you know this after school program. When is that gonna be? You know, like right. I'm I'm just hammering it, hammering it, hammering it, hammering it. That's great. Great questions, buddy. Great questions. What's your next one? What's your <laughs> all next right, one? All right. All right. I did a little bit of stalking of you oh, on cool. Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, well, that's my follow-up question, actually. My first question okay. is I'm headed down to New York to watch the uh, game this weekend. Very excited about it. Yeah. Um, where will you be watching from? So um, I'm, I'm, really ho- I'm, I'm really thinking I'm going to go down. It's yeah. Sunday, right? It's Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's Sunday. Like three, three o'clock. Three p.m. Yep. Yeah. So I'm actually. Providence. It might even be earlier than that. It might be. It might have it's a funky a 3 start time. Start. I think it's a, it's a three p.m. start. Is yeah, it three p.m. Yeah. Okay. Three p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So like, uh, uh yeah, I'm th- I'm thinking I'm gonna go down there because like, uh, my wife and I and the kids, we just went down to New York City, uh, for Christmas. We um we we were we were we 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 woke up Christmas Day. We had our presents, and then we got in the car and drove down to New York City. And just there there was not a lot of traffic, so we drove around all the places you want to be. We were like two avenues away from um uh from uh, Times Square. We got out and went to Times Square. It was ridiculous. It was a lot of fun. Um, then we went to a hot chocolate place over there. Then from there. Um, you know, we walked back to the car. We had some dinner after that. We were there for like three days or something like that. Um, we went to the botanical gardens and drove around. It was just really easy to get around. So it's two and a half hours from, for me in Providence, two and a half hours is nothing, man. It's, it's yeah. nothing. Um, so I, I really think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to watch the, uh, six nations on, um, on Saturday. That's, that's going to be intense. It's a that's big, be a lot of, it's fall. a big one. Yeah. This has been a great, you know, Six Nations so far. It really has been fantastic. <laughs> so I think I'm going to be watching the Six Nations um, and then, you know, doing stuff around the house. And come Sunday, two and a half hours, three and a half, yeah, probably like three and a half hours prior to the game, I'm just going to just drive down there. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, buddy up with somebody or just just, just go on my own. It's nice That's and easy. Great. Yeah, I, I'll be headed I'm down. I'm excited for that. Saturday morning, and then my question was gonna—I was gonna say—I stalked you on social media, and I saw you were in yeah, New yeah. York City. But we already—we already hit it. We already hit it. Yeah. How was the botanical <laughs> garden? Because that's on my list of maybe things to do. It was really good. So the the garden itself it's near the, the venue because so- it's in the Bronx, exactly, which is, which is close to Mount Vernon. Yeah, yeah. So when we went down, um, we didn't stay in the city. We stayed at a hotel um, further north, um, mm-hmm. and. Um, at, at first, we were just going to take the train, um, so we got a place right right next on the train. Basically, it was a uh, like a five minute walk to the train. We we're going to take the train, go into the city in in and out. You know, every single one of the days. I said, you know what? I've I've been to New York City on rough days in the summer. Let's just get in the car and see what happens. And it was great. Yeah. Just driving around the city. I, I I mean, I wouldn't do it during rush hour, but I have. I have driven New York City during rush hour. So it's like whatever. Yeah. It just takes a little bit longer. It was great. It was great. It was it was 
15, 20 minutes to get into the city. That was about as long as the train would have taken us to, 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 to get there. Um, it, it, was, it was fantastic. Um, so, so, yeah, it's a little bit north of the city. I was going to tie it to something you said, but I, t- I totally, totally The botanical forgot. garden, I was asking. Oh, about. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. You know what? It was. It's a lovely garden. It just... It goes, man. Like, you don't think, like, you see, you go, it's winter right now. So you go yeah. in, actually, no, I think it's it's actually spring now. But it, it's still, I'm in the, I'm in the winter set, set, set state of mind still. I'll give it to you. Um, it snowed the other day. I'll give it to you. Right. <laughs> so if you go into the buildings and it's like, oh, it opens up. And now there's like, oh, my God, there's trees up to like whatever. The, it just it, it just keeps going. I, I, I'll, that's that's all I'll say. So I don't ruin uh, the surprise. Nice. But when we went, they had a I don't know if they still have it. Um, my wife, the reason she brought us there is because there was a um, an exhibit of famous New York buildings that were rebuilt uh, using plants. So it really is mostly bark, uh, trees and, you know, branches and bark. And it was just building after building after building. Exactly. It was like a gnome city. (laughs) It was just building after building after building after building, all made out of barks and trees and everything. It was it was something else. It was incredible. It was a lot of fun. And like I'm, you know, I, I I. I just enjoyed it. I sat there and I just geeked out for the longest time. Uh, it was awesome. It was a nice. lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it might. Uh, we might be going. We're gonna try the Bronx Zoo first, and uh, yep. if we if that's full or if we have any time afterwards, we're gonna hit the Botanical Garden. They're right next to each other. So yeah, a lot of fun. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm very excited, especially after the game that they had last week. That was yeah. that was something else. Like, what was going on with you They're guys? They're gonna have a chip Nola... on their shoulders. I mean, both teams. It's gonna. It's well, never boring better. when they play. But no, man, yeah, exactly. These guys are both gonna. They're coming yes. off of heaters, you know. Exactly, exactly. So I, you know, yeah, I, I think ex- exactly what you just said. They're going to be really angry. They're going to want to punch somebody out. Um, <laughs> and you know, we're 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 going to be. We know where we're going. You know, we know it's it's it, from last year. We know that it's going to be a really really intense game. I think right now it's going to be even more intense because of everything that happened. Now, yeah, you know, did did something dramatic happen in their lineup or something? I don't think so. I mean, I can't put my. I'm aside from maybe Nola's just really, really, really strong this season. Yeah, um, Nola, I, I think th- are better than they had been playing. Yes, and they mm-hmm. finally their defense mm-hmm. clicked, and it was just shut down city. You yep. know, they were they they brought a lot of pressure. I think that's a lot of New York also looked like you know they were not loving the eighty something degree swamp that was New Orleans in March. Yep. I mean, it's already hot down there. It's humid, yep. and guys, like ten minutes in, twenty minutes in, were standing with their hands in their heads. My wife and I were joking about, you know, oh, they must have really enjoyed the town. That's that New Orleans home field advantage <laughs> yep. of the home field of Bourbon Street, yeah, like right. you know, right there. Come on, boys, come on out, have let's a drink. Go, Who cares go. about that match tomorrow? Let's yep. have three. Um, let's have five. Yeah, but I mean, if, yeah. when you're that, even if it's eighty, when you're like that gassed, uh, yeah. 10, 15 minutes in. It was it was pretty funny. Maybe maybe the match was just pacey, you know. Maybe it was just real high intensity, but something <laughs> something something got him. It won't be it won't be eighty degrees this weekend when we're there. No, no, it won't be. It won't but be not the same right. not the same scenario at all. But yeah, I'll be there and I'll see you. Uh, it'll yep. it'll be a lot of fun. Sounds good. I look forward to it. Uh, if you could wave a magic wand and have the skills to play any position at the MLR level, 
You there you go. You give your you yep. got your colored pencil there, you give a little expelliarmus or whatever, and boom, you've got the skill set, the athleticism, everything you need to play in the MLR for you know four or five years, say you're gonna have yourself a handy little career. What position would you pick? All right, so I want to cheat with the first one just because I'm old now. Uh, and then I'll give you probably the answer I'd want to I, – I, I would take. So the first would be I would ref it. I would ref it, Ooh. and I would ref it so good. Because, you know, like the ref that. is the 31st player. You know, you're the 31st player on the team. Everybody respects you. And now that I've – you know, I've, I've refed. You know, I've, I've gone from playing to coaching uh, to refing. Dude, refing is the – best seat in the house and nobody can hit you you know and if they do like who cares you know let's have a scrum down who cares Ah, good hit buddy so uh, i think um i think my first impulse would be to to be a referee man seeing this and these hits and being there right there getting in you know out of the way being behind the ruck in the scrum when it's set up in the chariot position and brushing out to be you know as 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 if following play i mean i and then setting up on the far side of the ruck or the mall so you can see the players entering it oh man i would love to do that you know and wearing that that stylish pink you know suit that they all wear come <laughs> on i would love to wear that little pink suit action that'd be awesome if not yeah. uh Dude, it, my position, I'd play scrum half. I would just, yeah. I would, and especially for the free jacks, you know, um, you know, now I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, kick Poland out of the way, but you know, this is, this is the imaginary world. We're right. Like, yeah. We're waving yes. magic Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, I'd play scrum half. Cause it's basically, it's very close to being the referee. You're just there all the time. If it's a right. nasty, nasty new England wet rainy you know it's it's 30 34 35 degrees and raining so you can't get away from it you know you're still part of the scrum you know you're still every time this is scrum there's steam coming off of there you know you're 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 warm you're not you're not i I don't get to look up and go oh my god that wing over there he's trying to keep his hands warm like no 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 we are we are hot we're warm we're we're having a great time and you're an honorary forward which is important yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're exactly. a member of the handsome, friendly, erudite yep. member, you know, half of the yeah. team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're Gregor- we're Gregorious, we're loud, we're we're funny, we're fun. Yeah, yeah, I would I would definitely be a scrum half, if not a referee. Excellent. Good I questions, like, man. I Good like, questions. I like, I like your those, questions. Those referee skills don't fade either. You know, so even if your MLR career is yeah. four or five years, I mean you and I and you, Phil, I'm sure have seen some some dudes some wizards you know out yeah. there refereeing and we we're like oh, okay yeah. this guy's been doing this a while a long it's a good time. long it's a good yep. long uh it's a good hobby and you make a little you know we talked about it with tom barrio but you, you make a little cheddar too it's not mm-hmm. a bad gig that's true that's true go from that's paying for seats to getting paid mm-hmm. for the best seat yep uh who is your favorite free jacks player who's my favorite free jack player um so, um, so Wayne Vander Blank, Vanderbank. Wayne Vanderbank. Yeah, yeah, Vanderbank. Um, I I think I like him a lot because he's he's just a solid player. Um, yeah. 
He's he's also not a hog. Oh my god, we the the the, the, the this past uh this past game, he knifed in right at the base of the of the of of the source. Uh, I, don't, I think it was a, was a scrum or a ruck. I can't remember. I don't care. But he sliced in so hard that pop came through. He went yeah. right through everybody. He beat the last guy. The last guy just just oh he managed to like reach out and. <laughs> Vanderbank oh, tapped his leg and yes. he's like, oh, oh, and he looks over and he goes, oh, there's Bellicanta. Let me get the ball over to him. You know, yeah. oh, that was just fantastic. But the thing is, yeah. as much it was as off I the line out, it was, a, it was a pop from either, I think it was Fishley. I think, I think Sam Fishley was the yeah, lineup yeah. jumper and he I brought it down, right. popped it to uh, maybe Vian Conradi, who was like in the nine spot and right. he came around, ran yeah. in and then Conradi popped it back inside to Vanderbank who, who was just coming streaking in. Right oh, it was, it was, it was beautiful. Oh, I love so your recreations pretty. of the plays. This is, <laughs> this is art oh, with no notes. Just, you know, you're yeah. just like, oh, and then he, ah, he sliced in just by, just by his feet. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It was just, it was so great. But the thing is like, as much as that dude is just, uh, he's he's just great and, and plays really well. Mm-hmm. I've seen him at so many youth events. He has come down to meet us. I've gone to other places and helped out over there. I've seen him in so many places that I just I really appreciate the guy a lot. Um, so he he he's he's um he's doing a lot for the Free Jacks. He's doing a lot for for youth. So I I think right now, and it's hard, you know, it's hard because we have so many, we have so many archetypes, you know, we got pot roast or, or bald eagle or whatever, Kyle Cicada. Um, I mean, he's a Cicada, whatever, whatever. That's the next uh, t-shirt, Kyle Cicada, Cicada with a beautiful mullet. That's great. Get at me, Free Jacks. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, he's just, I mean, we, we have so many we have so many personalities that are not like taking over um, uh, that, that, that have not gone overboard and started taking away from it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and the free jacks just, they do like, you know, I, I pay attention to the other teams too, you know, their Facebook stuff and I, and I see their updates and stuff and the free jacks are always doing just funny things. We just did this disco thing. Yep. Um, that was, yep. I was laughing. That was a yeah, lot of fun. That's, that's my. That's actually my next question. The next home match, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah, disco, yeah, disco flannel that they were promoting in that video. And my question is, what is a disco flannel? What does that mean? What so, do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll tell you. What's, the, what's ha- the theme for this day? I don't know what it is. <laughs> I like it. I know I like it. I like that I, video. Well, it's I'm, flannel. I'm, I'm, it's disco music. I think that's our theme. I. That's exactly it. I think I mm-hmm. think that's exactly what they meant. I think it's 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 that it's that cheap nineteen you know seventies you know uh, whatever it is. I, actually, you know what? I think this is technically flannel, but I don't I don't think this would this would fall under that category. <laughs> I think it's a thick thickish flannel. You know, that's just uh, that's just it sticks to you. It tur- you know if it's like if it's like sixty two sixty three degrees out, you just start immediately yep. just sweating. You know, if it's like sixty or fifty nine, you're okay. If it's if it's sixty one sixty two or anything higher you just immediately just start to sweat so i think i think that's what it is i think it's just the the sweaty cheesy you know 
um what was that uh Mackle Macklemore had that uh Macklemore, had, had that, yeah yeah he had he had that song uh about wanting you know wanting the uh uh the, the clothes off of your granddad like no no he yep, really wants yep. the clothes off your granddad i think that's what it is i think it's go go over to um to salvis you know uh, salvation army uh and just just buy yourself the you know the big giant mutton mutton chop collars you know the big giant collar shirts and everything yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna do it up i'm gonna i'm gonna spend some good money on on getting myself a nice outfit for it excellent well i can't wait i hope i i hope i see you there hopefully i'll see you in new york i have one more question very perhaps the most important question there is a zombie apocalypse complete societal breakdown oh boy what are, what are your two weapons of choice what are you carrying with you you know you gotta walk from this town to the next what do you got to, to to get away? All right, so um, just because I'm a big fan of um, uh, the Walking Dead, I, I got to get myself one of those crossbows. You know, yeah. it makes mm -hmm. no noise, makes That's no sound, handy. and like whether you're uh, a foot away or like uh, you know a, a football field away, he always seems to hit like an orange. You know, he just he yeah. just can always put a bolt poof, right through it. Um, so I'm going to get one of those just so I can feel real badass, you know, and maybe get over the fact that I'm probably like screaming like a little girl, um, uh, you know, panicking. what's really happening is I twisted exactly. my ankle and now I'm being eaten by zombies. It's really exactly. embarrassing. I, well, the truth of it is I wouldn't last very long. I probably make right. all the wrong decisions. I would just, Oh, it'd be terrible. It'd be terrible. Yeah. So I want one of those really, those really cool, uh, 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 the crossbow bolt with the bolts on it. Yeah. Uh, just, just to give me, just to, you know, just, you know, I'm a bad man. You know, you don't want to mess with me. Uh, Purely for the probably, vibes. Just yeah, for the you vibes. Know what? You know what? And I just realized if I'm going to survive, that's probably not the attitude I want to keep. I probably would live longer <laughs> if I'm like, Oh my God, like a little girl, you know, right. screaming and running away from everything. And instead I'm, I'm getting the one thing that's going to make me feel like I can take fight my way through it. of fine. you, but I've got, a dozen bolts, you know, and it probably takes like five minutes to like, oh, wait, hold on a second. I've got to recharge this thing. I got to crank my windlass. Hold on. So uh, that, that, yeah. So I'll take that. Oh, you know what? I guess if I want to be smart, what, what, what else, what else would I, would I take if I wanted to be smart and survive the apocalypse, the zombie, you know what? I'm not being smart. I'm just going to grab like, uh, a big old buck knife. You just you need a buck knife if you want to shave. All if right. you want to just you know right. like a a crocodile Dundee. Like oh, it's not a knife. You know this right. this it is, is a knife. It's a big giant monster yeah. knife. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's really, it's big. like a cavalry saber pretending to yeah, be. A that's knife. exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. I want to take a crocodile Dundee knife. That's what it is, and then die right. twenty minutes after the apocalypse. You know, because that's, that's just what's going to happen. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Good, good question. That's right man. up there with like Joel Hinch with the the compound bow and a hatchet. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's a yeah. good combo. Yeah. Oh, that is good. Yeah, that is good. Compound that is good. Who's like, he was like, oh, those compound bows get so so heavy, you could kill anything with it. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> I, be I believe you, Joel. <laughs> the crocodile hunter himself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've got the yeah. pedigree to know. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not challenging you on that. I'm not challenging you on that at yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Daniel, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you, as always, for coming on. It's always a hoot. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, guys. Absolutely. I had a great time. Yeah, it's been a blast. So, so happy to have you on here. Maybe we'll have to do it a fourth time at some point down the road for sure. At any and I've point, got call me up. 
Absolutely. In one word, I've got left here in three, two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers! Huzzah! Harris here at the Jack Rangers Show. I am joined with a good friend of the show. His name is Rick Collins. He is the co-founder of the Jackal's Den down there in Dallas. How the hell are you, Rick? I'm doing awesome. We had a uh, very... Uh, productive week for the Jackal Den, uh, where we've got a lot of things in the mix coming uh, in the next 400 days or so. Um, things that uh, aren't directly related to Jackal. So it's it's mm. exciting to be kind of working behind the scenes on quite a few things involving the Jackal Den. And hopefully we will get uh, big support from the uh, fan community overall. Absolutely. I wanted to allow you to go ahead and promote the Jackal Den because I know you guys were recently started the videos on YouTube. Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So we started doing the video podcast, blog, whatever we want to call it, mm-hmm. um, on our YouTube channel. Um, we're recording those every week during the season. During the off season, we'll probably it might back down to maybe once a month. Uh, but we want to get all of our information out there, especially to those that uh, aren't following Facebook hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, aren't on our Instagram and and uh, uh, Twitter all the time. Uh, so we want to make sure we give our club uh, information out, updates, news, what's coming out. And then also for the Jackals to make sure we everybody knows what time the matches are each week, weekend. Because even if you looked at the calendar at the beginning right. of the year, <laughs> and now I'm looking, I'm <laughs> like, wait, that was supposed to be at 630, not 330. What's happening? So, right. yes, game times do change. So we want to mm-hmm. make sure everybody's aware of that. And uh, also just give some good banter about what's going on with the Jackals. We could surely mm-hmm. uh, chat through, you know, text threads and everything else, but mm-hmm. um, we want to uh, give kind of our inside uh, the Jackal Den perspective on what's happening with our club and what's happening with um, rugby in MLR. So uh, the Jackal Den can be found on YouTube. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, but if you search for T-H-E-J-A-K-L-D-E-N, on YouTube, you'll find our, our podcast there at our YouTube channel. Highly recommended. I've watched a couple of the videos that you guys had on you have out on YouTube, and I will say that you guys are much more advanced than we were at the beginning of our <laughs> our journey. I will say that for sure. So uh, you got a, like, quite a bit of experience in podcasting through the years. So th- they definitely think that that shows through. And I think you guys do a fantastic job. So if anybody wants to keep up with what's going on down in Dallas, maybe Dallas is your Western Conference team for people that are that are uh, listening go. to this or watching this. Everybody you know, should be rooting for us to get right. a win, especially yes. this weekend against the team that just got announced to host the national the uh, the championship game. That's right. So everybody should be rooting for us, except for obviously Chicagoans. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know that game has yet to happen, and it's right before you guys play the Free Jacks. So obviously, on the twenty fifth of March is when the Jackals will be coming up to Fort Quincy. But first, you have to get through the Hounds of Chicago, and both of those teams are winless right now. I think that's the storyline going yep. in. So we're definitely pulling for you guys, and maybe Bozo isn't. Bozo's a big uh, Hounds guy. He thinks that they were. He, th- he thought they were going to be world beaters, uh, but uh, it doesn't look like that's the case at least so far. So. I'm I'm definitely pulling for you guys to win that game. Let's talk about uh, when you were on the show in the offseason. Of course, you're our Dallas correspondent, so we have you on every once in a while. You yep. were talking about Dallas's new acquisitions and also the drafted players that they brought in. Tell us about the impact players that the Rangers should be aware aware of ahead of the game against Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there are big names that were brought in, obviously, picking up uh, Zeiss from Houston, 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we, we brought in uh, Baravale, uh, who was at Benetton, uh, so playing in URC. Uh, so there's some big names that have come in. Um, I think uh, just looking at the front row uh, with um, adding Rival Pitt to that, that already really good twosome there, um, that, that front row is going to be really good. Um, I would not be surprised if we end up as one of the best, or at least considered one of the best scrums in MLR by the end of the season. So that's what I would really look for is, especially looking at last year, and for those that watched the Jackals matches last year, the <laughs> scrums were brutal. Yeah. That is not the story with this team anymore. So uh, the things that we've noticed for sure is set piece ball has been phenomenal this year so far for us, at least from what we've looked at. But looking at that front row and then obviously um, uh, having uh, Torres uh, coming in to help out uh, Carlsa at uh, so 10 and 12. And Mm -hmm. Torres has kind of been moving around as well with Carlsa going back to fullback. So that tandem has been really dynamic and good for us. And Torres was a draft pick two years ago. And he's already stepping on the scene and becoming, you know, starter slash, you know, one of the first guys off the bench for us. So Mm -hmm. um, really surprising player with um, Alejandro Torres. Uh, And then I would say the the other big name uh, that isn't necessarily a huge name is uh, Conrad Aurora, who I think was one of the better – uh, back rowers last year uh, in MLR. He was certainly, I think everybody agreed, our best player um, last year. And he has con- continued that despite a few injuries. He's back this this week. And hopefully, fingers crossed that he will be playing in New England when I go up there to Fort Quincy. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, but I'm super excited to have you coming up to the Boston area and Fort Quincy. That's going to be an awesome, awesome trip for you guys. My girlfriend's never been to Boston, which is amazing. So it'll be her first time. We're going to, we've got the full day of rugby on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we're going to do some touring stuff of, of the city. Great. Uh, you know, if you're a historical guy, which I believe you are, it's going to be a blast for you. Both of us are history majors. So that's great. History teachers. So yes. Perfect. Yeah, excellent. That's going to be fantastic. Super excited for you guys to come up here. But let's talk about Dallas's season so far. What yeah. has stood out to you on their on-field play? Obviously, winless at this point. But uh, have you seen any things that's encouraged you? Yeah, I, this is not a team that's going to go winless this year, in my opinion. And Good. I know that's one of the questions coming up here. I won't give it away yet. But um, I really think this team is in line to get a few wins. And the the biggest pieces set pieces this year are mm-hmm. a thousand times better than they were last year. Good. Our line out is, uh, has been phenomenal up until the point where we put our feet on the ground after catching the ball, uh, which then it's been a disaster. In fact, uh, I think we might be the worst mauling team in the league right now. Yikes. Uh, but the scrum has been really, really solid. Um, okay. I think we've, gone 50 50 in every match so far and that's against houston and mm-hmm. san diego scrums um so two i think what would be considered two of the better scrums and then utah scrum which is also a phenomenal scrum so um i think you know we've been pleasantly surprised with our set piece um the offense doesn't look quite as lively as it did last year mm-hmm. um but i think you know we've got a lot of new pieces we're really a brand new team again this yes. year, um, you know, outside of the draft picks uh, from the last two seasons. And then, you know, Fuga Boyson and Carlsa, almost everybody else is new. 
So, and, and Argentinian and speak a different language. And so mm -hmm. I've gotten to speak to many of these guys. Half of them speak perfect English, no problem. And the yes. other half, not great. So right. there's definitely communication uh, issues. Mm -hmm. Now, how big they are, I don't know. But, uh, you know, guys are probably having to do some translation here and there. Mm -hmm. So I think once we get past that bump, I think things yeah. especially are going to get more lively um, in the back line. And I think defensively, it's going to get better as well, because that's also been a concern so far this year. But we're playing a hundred times better. The results don't show it. Yeah. And part of that is, and you know this, MLR gets better every year. The quality, it's the true. standard of play yeah. yep. is just making huge strides. Mm -hmm. And so the teams that won last year, I'm not sure they would win against half the teams this year. Every yeah. Nola just went had New York down and destroyed them. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be tough for everybody going through the season, and you've yeah. got to get wins early. And so, I mean, we've got a few weeks here on the road. Then mm -hmm. we get Toronto at home. That we could gotta, be it. Got to get them while while they're hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. They they played an excellent game um, with their Sam Malcolm, just unreal, playing out of his mind. I think he scored all of their points last week. Yeah. In Incredible. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think that is a team that you could kind of circle and say maybe Toronto, you know, we could we could uh, we could do some damage there. Um, we'll see what happens with this uh, this game. Malcolm being back hurts. <laughs> Not going <laughs> to lie. And seeing Billy Meeks and Julian yeah. Dominguez in the lineup for this week, it hurts, yeah. too. <laughs> it's it's going to be a challenge for sure. But, uh, you know, I'm pulling for you guys to get an upset somewhere along the lines. Obviously not against the Free Jacks. You know, we talked about <laughs> how Jala, uh, Dallas, Jalas, Dallas um, was having some issues with, um, you know, gelling and stuff like that. We kind of figured yeah. that that would be the case because it is essentially a brand new team. Now, there's a lot of Argentinians that have joined this squad because the management is now Argentinian. So it's that Argentinian invasion, similar to what happened Correct. to Houston the year before. But, the, of course, that was South Africans. South exactly. So let's talk about the identity of this team. What type of rugby ideally do they want to play? Yeah, I think – that the overall game plan is not terribly different from what we did last year. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the, you know, we've got the personnel that can actually do it now. The problem is, you know, we're looking against teams like New England. Um, mm -hmm. Half that team has been together now for a couple of years, a couple yes. of seasons at minimum. Yep. And uh, so you have teams that have been, you know, training together, playing together for several years now. We've got a team that's, you know, really brand new together. Mm -hmm. And so that I think that's been a big challenge. And I think it's it has been difficult to define um, an identity because of that. So one of the things I, I have seen is um, they're much more organized pregame. Uh, they seem to uh, – the, the coaching seems to strongly be there. So there must be something being developed mm -hmm. in that manner, but I don't think we're yet to see what it is on the field. Right. I think there's just been it's been too sloppy. Um, we're not seeing all the all the nuts and bolts of what's been happening behind the scenes. And so mm -hmm. I think we're gonna get to see that by mid-year, but I think right now it's just too early to to feel it out. Um, my guess is it's gonna be very similar to last year. It's going to be flinging the ball around lots. I think a lot more kicking than last year because of the Argentinian mix-in. Right, and then I think defensively, um, 
hopefully it'll be more aggressive as we get through the season. Right now, it it feels a little bit light. It feels a little bit we're not coming up hard. We're just kind of, uh, you know, suffering in the contact and, and mm-hmm. getting – I mean, we're giving up four or five meters almost every run, it seems like, right now. I, I yeah. think once they get on the same page – um, and get together, the defense is going to get that much better. And I would like to see them be more aggressive defensively because we have players that you saw in one of our first matches, we had two turnover tries. Mm-hmm. Um, we can attack teams defensively and make plays happen. And that's the way I think the way they want to build it. And I think that's what the fans would love to see as well. I think the Free Jacks have been successful at that last year. It's it's also, you know, something that they want to do this year as well, but maybe not as much. So I'm really pulling for you guys. I really hope that this thing comes together. I love the Argentinian connection that you guys have established. Uh, I don't know if I told you this last time, but back in the day, like when I first found out about rugby, I knew that USA was not very good. I was like, <laughs> okay, what's the next kind of closest, like America's team that I can also kind of support? So I looked down in South America and I saw that Argentina, well, Argentina was really, really good. So I yep. bought an Argentinian jersey back back in the day. Of course, back then, they still had the visa across the front. It's iconic. but Almost uh, looks like a Jackals uh, uh, yeah. um, travel jersey now. Exactly. You'll, you'll be a Jackals fan when we come up there to New England when they wear the hoops. <laughs> um, I wouldn't go that far, but I, I will say that, you know, I really I really enjoyed rocking that Argentinian jersey back in the day. I saw USA play Argentina B-side yeah. um, a couple years back in Houston, so I thought that was really cool. So I'm really happy for you guys that you've, you've got this identity that you're kind of striving for, I guess, is the best way to describe it. A lot of new players, a lot of new moving pieces. So it's going to come together for you guys. And I think it is true that, like, if you're just a fan of sports, you want the underdog to get that first win and stuff like that. You want to get that monkey off of their back. And so we really pull for uh, Dallas to be a successful uh, franchise. And part of that is just winning. Like it doesn't matter how, you know, much they get out into the community and do good. And, you know, know, are, are praised by the fans because the organization (laughs) organization does a great job. If you're not winning on the pitch, it's kind of like you're only halfway done. And I think part of it, especially for rugby. Mm -hmm. And I I think you, people in soccer don't feel this way. The NBA certainly doesn't. NFL Mm -hmm. certainly doesn't. And major league baseball don't, but in rugby, uh, the community is small, and yep. we're trying to attract new people to be rugby fans. We feel like, look, you're going to come in, and if the team is winning, you're going to love the product on the field, and right. you're going to stick around and come back and be a rugby fan. And so when you see a team that's really struggling, it's that it's that next fan you're trying to sucker in yeah. <laughs> to the sport that if the team is just consistently losing, it's going to be really hard to get that fan back. Right. And yep. so – we just need to get wins under our belts so that those fans can please come back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this job and what we do, I don't, it's, it's weird to say it's a job, whatever you want to call it, passion, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to do if a team is winning because you can really engage people so much more because people yeah. love to talk about the good times and they want to steer away from the bad times. That's just natural for people. So when when teams are winning, like last year when the Free Jacks went on a 10-game winning streak, yeah. I mean, we were just over the moon. And, and you know, it definitely could see, we could see that in viewership and stuff like that and downloads. So um, let's move over to... To, uh, we can confirm, of course, as we talked about a moment ago, you will be in attendance at Fort Quincy yes. for this game. Are you? Mo- what are you most looking forward to in terms of the rugby uh, on pitch? Uh, what's happening on the uh, think, on the field? Mm-hmm. I, you know, just getting the experience at a different park. Um, yeah. One of the things that I've loved doing is being able to uh, go to different parks, 
and have that experience and go, hey, we could take that experience back to Dallas and, mm-hmm. and do something with that. Yeah. Or that's really cool, even though we couldn't do that. Um, that's that's kind of a cool thing to do. Um, I just I just love also seeing the the fandom elsewhere, right? So um, right. I went to a Harlequin uh, London Harlequins match when I was up in London, uh, nice. and it was just such an awesome experience. Nobody cared that we were American; they were happy we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, so and that you know they were explaining the stadium and the history of it and everything to us. They loved doing that. I think that's part of the rugby experience that yeah is so awesome when you go to a different city and, and meet up with, with fans that you maybe you've never met. You just run into a guy at a pub and you start sit down and watch a match with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's what I, I look forward to most when I travel, especially just traveling the world, um, especially the, uh, you know, uh, the Anglo-Saxon world that uh, rugby came from, Yes, um, you know, going over to Ireland and England and things like that. And mm-hmm. There's a rugby experience in any pub you go there. But um, doing that here in the U.S. is more special because it's a it much yep. smaller community, much smaller portion of the community. And yep. to sit down with four or five ruggers at a at a bar and enjoy a match and chat to me is is far more valuable than going to a pub and watching a soccer match or an NBA match because sure. you know there's millions of these people. Right. Yeah. Like these fans are special in their own special way. <laughs> exactly. It's like we're part of an exclusive club that there's mm-hmm. not a lot of people that are, you know, in on it yet. You know, so but it's an open club. Out. We're like, please come in. Yes. Come yes. in. Yes. <laughs> Have sure. fun with us. And people are like, eh, eh, yeah. You know? You're <laughs> right. like, ah, you're going to like it. Yeah, you're gonna like it. Yeah, that's the thing is like a lot of Americans are just pick at it, and that's just not coming from me. That's people that we've had on the show that oh, are that weren't rugby fans prior to learning about the sport, and it it kind of takes a leap for some people because the sports market in this country is so saturated. Like, yeah. there's always sports on, right? And like people don't grow up with rugby; they grow up with the, you know basketball, baseball, blah 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 blah, you know all of yeah. that. So it, it kind of takes a leap of faith for some people to uh, to watch new sports. Yeah. Um, and when they fall in love with it, it's just one of those things where like, yeah, we got one. We got another one. Yay. You know, because uh, the community is so small at this point, we can kind of still celebrate that kind of conversion and stuff like that. So I'm also excited to uh, potentially get a win. I, I every game I go in with hope. Uh, New England was not on my um, list of games that I thought we would win this year. But uh, you never know. The roster's getting better, it feels like, as the weeks go on. So. Yeah, I would have liked to have you, we just have need you guys. Surprise. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that, that will definitely help in terms of winning. I, I think we would have rather had you guys early in the season, as you were talking about, like the team wasn't gelled. Yeah. But maybe they're, you know, as they continued um, through the weeks here, they might be getting better and better. I mean, that's just the optimist in me, you know, hoping that you guys turn this thing around at some point. But I don't know if it's going to be at Fort Quincy or not. We'll have to <laughs> wait and see. I wanted to ask you about what is what are you most looking forward to on your trip to Boston in general? Because you were both you were talking yeah, about how absolutely. you're a history lover and your your girlfriend's a history teacher. No, so. I I the rugby is definitely what I look forward to the most. But yeah. um I, I haven't been to Boston for almost 20 years. No, it's okay. probably been it might be over 20 years at this point. Um so I'm excited to just go back up and and see some of the history again because mm-hmm. a good reminder and then um, also just what's, what's new in Boston. I love, uh, just kind of finding a, a pub or, or a restaurant I'd never heard of and just mm-hmm. go in and, and eat and have a drink. And so just, it, I enjoy the traveling aspect of travel mm-hmm. outside of the being on a plane. 
Yes, same here, man. Same here. I'm a nervous. I can avoid that. Just transport directly there. I I am so ready for that. I'm just ready to be teleported, you know, somewhere. I I hope that happens within our lifetime for sure, because that that is the worst part of travel. Yeah. Um, So especially nowadays, oh lord. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, I've got a flight because again, we're talking about rugby tourism right now. So you're coming to see us. I'm going to Seattle, and that's a cross country trek that I'm not looking forward to. That's a long uh, one. It is a long flight for sure. That, so, that's until Miami. That's the longest flight. That sounds right. That sounds right. Yep. I mean, it, it's. I, I mean, it you're is. really going the entire length of the country. Yep. So, uh, yeah, not looking forward to that one. But I'm super <laughs> excited to see what goes on because you're talking about, you know, taking things from certain, you know, areas that you yeah, go Seattle's to. Seattle's got a lot going on with their fan group. Yes. And just at the stadium, yes. the the. Um, um, energy at their stadium mm-hmm. is yep. is pretty incredible. It really translates on TV too. You can hear them chanting loudly yes. uh, in the stands. So I'm super excited about that. The places I've been to so far, New York, that's was that sucked. Um, let's just you know, <laughs> we're, we're not gonna miss words here. We're playing our rival this weekend, so they're terrible. Um, and Toronto was kind of like a mix between us and New York. It was kind of like maybe they're like 35 35 percent loaded up. Uh, you know what I mean? York Field. Yes, yes, York it was that, that was an okay stadium, but there wasn't yeah. a lot of atmosphere there, yeah. unfortunately. But um, much better than New York, I will say that. So, but I would <laughs> I would consider them towards the bottom of the league. York's new field doesn't look too bad, although they've now moved in three straight seasons. If I'm yeah, not so it's, it's been it's been tough for them, you know, finding a venue <laughs> there in the tri-state area. But uh, hopefully, this is the keeper here. It's you know the third time to charm, I guess. We'll see. Hey, just like the Jackals getting a, a good start to the season. Yeah, Third there you go. The charm, right? <laughs> <laughs> right exactly. Um, let's talk about. Um, I wanted to ask you about your way too early predictions for your Dallas Shackles. Yeah, you had made this on the uh, show earlier in the off season. Are you, you going to play that- a recording of that? <laughs> no, no, no. I would never do that to you. No, no, no. And some other people really are out on a limb here with their their way too early predictions of the other correspondents. But uh, you had said that you, you were expecting two wins uh, this season, both at home. Do you want to change that, or are you sticking with that at this point? I I think we might get three. I actually, um, after, especially after the Houston match, um, I thought we played, uh, incredibly well. And I think well enough to get out of there with a a bonus point though. Mm -hmm. We did not. Um, the only bonus point we got was at Utah, I believe. Um, and I actually thought Utah, we had chances to win that, uh, several chances to win that game, not late, but, Early on, we should have scored several more and not given up one of one of those tries, which is pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think actually three is a good number this year. I think I hate to call out the games because that just sounds terrible. But I think Chicago at home late in the season, mm-hmm. uh, Utah at home. And I think we're going to get this Toronto match at home. That's those are my three wins. Um, but. I mean, we sneak out a road win against somebody we shouldn't and then lose at home to, you know, Toronto or, or Utah or something like that wouldn't be totally surprising either. I would love for you guys to beat Utah because that would help us out in the Eastern Conference standing. So that I'm pulling for you guys on that one for sure. Bozo wanted to chime in here. He said, I just want to let you know that I picked Chicago to win, but if the Jackals somehow get the dub, feel free to dance on my train. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, Chris. I will yeah, that's absolutely our, that's do our that. Bozo right there for sure. 
I'm going to see him tomorrow, actually, or excuse me, two days from now at the, uh, we're doing a watch, a live watch along, Rick. Um, oh, so fine. we're going to be watching the, you know, the game in the background and just kind of shooting the shit and doing a little we, bit of commentary. We, so we have done that with the Jackal Den um, uh, with a live Facebook uh, video on the group. And nice. uh, the only thing is it's adults only because oh, sure, yeah. I have horrific language watching sports. <laughs> I have to be very careful when I have my children here while I'm watching mm-hmm. sports. So there's I, plenty of f bombs. I think I'm the I'm the same way. Um, I think your daughter's going to be there. I'm talking to different people in the room, so yeah. usually Keith is right in front of the uh, the the camera, and you see me pacing around. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, it should be a good time. So I'm really looking forward to that. How let's let's kind of get down into the the meat of the conversation here. How does Dallas? come into Fort Quincy, the madhouse that it is, the asylum, if you will, and steal a win against the Free Jacks. How, in your mind, does that take place? Yeah, I think it's got to be domination at um, at uh, set piece, and then mm-hmm. we have to we have to be 50-50 on rucks. Um, we're, we've been poor at the breakdown, too. I didn't bring that up earlier, but that's an area where I think, you know, getting the right guys back um, which has helped. Garura is back mm-hmm. um, and, and crossing my fingers healthy. Um, having him back, uh, I think just being better at the breakdown would give us a really good shot. Um, I any, any kind of win this year, I don't think is going to be more than a try. So um, it, it, to me, it comes down to probably a kick late in the game. And okay. I do, I do like some of our kickers um, and that's the way that's, how I could imagine us winning a game. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised on the road now for uh, the second week in a row with a three-week, uh, you know, travel schedule where we were just in San Diego. You know, I'm not wouldn't be terribly surprised with a blowout loss, um, especially yeah. in New England. The way New England's going to be up for this one for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but to to get a win, they're going to ha- have to be dominant. At a set piece, especially at the scrum, if we can dominate scrum, um, then I think we've got a good shot because we should be kicking for points. We've not been doing that this year, and I think that's going to be the way. We've got to slow it down, win at set piece time, and then mm-hmm. win at least half at the breakdown. We've been giving up too many balls at the breakdown. Turnover balls have been killing us, especially yeah. with the defense not playing that well. So that would be the way I think we could sneak out of Fort Quincy with a win. That would be interesting to see for sure. I, you know, I would hate to to have that experience where the Free Jacks are down late in a game. It's, you know, to Dallas as well. I think people would be their heads would be spinning <laughs> off their shoulders. To be honest, Rick, I don't know how people would react to that, but uh, you know, it'll be it'll certainly be interesting. We'll, we'll definitely have to wait and see. But I'm I'm really super excited to host uh, yourself and your girlfriend yeah. uh, at Fort Quincy. Should be a very very good time. And, and you know, excited. you're going to be sitting in uh, Section Five, what we call the Rowdy uh, Rangers section. Good. So it should be pretty loud. You know, we'll I'm going to be break. sitting with the dogs in Chicago this weekend, so nice. I want the full experience. You know, yeah, there don't you go, take it man. easy on me. Hell yeah. Yeah. Should be a good time for sure. Uh, what is your score prediction for this game? So having said the way that we could steal a win, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say it's 27, 12 will be the final. Wow. uh, New England. I, I think, 
you know, we're going to we're we're going to have a lot of matches this year where mm -hmm. we're going to feel like we would have deserved a bonus point or two and yeah. not have gotten them. We've already had one of those and maybe two that we should have had. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's going to be the biggest thing this year is we're going to think, oh, we lost by eight. We lost by ten. Like we're right there to get yeah. a bonus point loss. And that's one of those steps of we just need to start collecting points. For sure. And then we're going to get those wins, right? We're going to win some of those close matches eventually. And so we just got to keep it close. And But I, I just think the way New England's been playing, and especially with the way they finished out last year, mm -hmm. that uh, I think New England fans uh, believe this really is a great opportunity for them to win a championship this year. Yeah. So I, I think it, we are going to come into a madhouse. I think it's going to be challenging. Uh, but I, I think it just comes down to – uh, playing the way the way that we need to play to win, and it, it's going to be tough. I think twenty-seven, twelve. Okay, I respect the score for sure. You know, we always like to res um, reserve my prediction for later on in this episode. <laughs> so, uh, but I don't think you're too far off there for sure. Okay. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's get the closing thoughts for the Free Jacks fans out there, the Rangers, if you will. Any thoughts uh, that you wanted to close out with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think. You know, uh, Jackals fans are it, it, we're very thoughtful towards all the other teams, especially mm -hmm. fan groups. I think we're all we all know this is a uh, bandwagon. We all have to get on. Right. Mm -hmm. We can't be dragging uh, people along that, uh, you know, don't want to uh, for this league to be successful. Yeah. And so um, we, we know, you know, what needs to be done as a fan group to um, bring in fans from other clubs and hopefully next year we will be hosting y'all and uh we would love to have you we're now allowed to have tailgates okay which is a big Very win good. this year yeah and um so uh we will tailgate we'll have drinks it's right next to the stadium um we've got a bunch of south africans that bring out the braai and nice you know, get out the barbecue pit and have a good time so um we had the saber cats in week one and we had about 200 people out there we had several saber cats fans join us uh, share drinks with them. So we want to show the same hospitality to y'all next year. That'd be great. I would love to come down there. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the state of Texas. I think I've explained that many times on the show. I've got family that live in Houston. I, I, I'm i kind of a Houston, like a secret Houston. I don't know if I would call myself a fan, but I like when they do well, I guess is the best way to describe that because I have my connections to Houston. But I'm also pulling for you guys to to win as many games po as possible. Well, You're not an Eastern Conference rival. You know, you, you guys have had some hard times, obviously, <laughs> and some bad. We don't want to go down there. the same path as Austin. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes, yes. For and, the, sure. and and this weekend will is a big test because if we lose, we will be the record holder for most consecutive losses in a row. So right. we need this win in Chicago. <laughs> I'm pulling for you, man. I hope you guys win it for sure. That would be a great upset. And I'm uh, really hopeful that that takes place. So with that being said, I've got one word for everybody as we exit the video in three, two, one. Huzzah! Huzzah! Woo! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I am joined with David McVeigh. David, we call you Diamond Dave. How the hell are you? I am doing fantastic after a very exciting weekend down in oh, I was in New York City, Phil, where I believe you were as well. I was. How are you doing? 
Pretty good. Sneaky, sneaky. So what happened was, let me explain this real quick, because everybody was like, okay, Phil's <laughs> not, because everybody was asking me prior to the game, of course, you know, weeks right. before and then uh, leading up to the game, Phil, are you going to the game? You know, all this other stuff. And I was like, no, I'm going to sit this one out. I'm trying to save money for Seattle. We're going to do this watch along thing. And we definitely talked that up in the last episode. Yep. Really excited to do that, hopefully for the Utah game, which is the next away game for the Free Jacks. Okay. Um, but uh, basically what happened was, as I wor- woke up early that morning, Caitlin and I, as we normally do about once a month, we go to this uh, vegan donut place uh, either in Maine or in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. We went to Portsmouth this time, so we got our donuts. We were in the car about to head back, and Bozo's frantically texting me, and I'm like, oh, shit, what's happening here? Because me and you know, Bozo and I were going to do right. the watch-along at his house at the ground at uh, Bunker there later on in the day. And he's telling me that he's, you know, deathly sick. And I'm like, oh, no, man, this is going to ruin the plans here. So and it just so happens around that time, I was looking through my phone before we headed back to Manchester Mm -hmm. that Kenny had a free ticket to the game. So my little mind started, you know, turning the wheels started moving. I was like, wait a minute here. This is a good opportunity for me just to head on down to New York. I'm not going to stay in a hotel, so I'm not going to spend big money. You know, tickets free. Uh, Caitlin was like, yeah, I'm not going to. No, it's just, you know, last minute. Yeah. There's just no it's way. Like, no, nah, I'm, I'm staying home. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because we had just moved, you know. You know yeah. Uh, so, it, it, you know, it's been it's been hectic and stuff like that. So she decided to stay home. But I, uh, I dropped her off and, you know, came up, got some stuff together and was like, OK, I'm out the door and headed on down to uh, to Mount Vernon, New York, where I met up with you and your daughter, Abby, was there. And yep. a lot of the traveling fans, we definitely showed out for sure. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more. But just really, really excited to see the traveling support for the Free Jacks there. In New York, TK and the organization wanted me to say how impressed and grateful they were about you know the traveling support that showed up and really showed out for our Free Jacks. It felt like a home game to a certain extent. But I wanted to get your impressions of the venue before I trash it. <laughs> um, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good uh, overall. The thing I've said, I've had a few people ask you know on social media and stuff what what I thought and what I always say. Um, first is like the i thought the views were great yeah i think the i think the view of the grounds which is at the end of the day the most important thing when you're going to go to a stadium the sure. view from the grounds w- of the match was really good you're you're pretty high up there you got to go up like 15 20 steps just to get to kind of the base entry level where the right. where the bleachers are um and i could i felt like i could really see the game even down kind of we were toward the end on one side still had a good view um, so, I mean, I really enjoyed watching the game itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New York crowd was pretty quiet, as you already hinted at. Yes. Um, you know, they cheered some. There was one guy near us who was getting into it a little bit, although he kind of got quiet in the second half. That was um, very reactionary, I think, to to us. Yeah, which you yeah. can understand. Like, the yes. guy, he, I, I was talking to my wife about it, too, and I was like, I said to her, like, he, he wasn't nasty at all. You know, like, it wasn't, right. it wasn't at all negative. Right. Um, he was just, you know, we would chant free jacks and he would be like rejects but you know in a very like non-confrontational way right uh, it was it was, exactly. it was all good fun other than that um it was pretty it was a pretty quiet crowd i mean when new york scored they'd get a cheer going but that yep. was that was about it we were chanting a lot um you know kenny thompson was there debuting a new a new chant Unreal. they had, had cue cards that barb had i mean it was it was fantastic <laughs> 
Um, it really, it was very fun to see the usual suspects in yeah. New York yeah. and meet back up. You know, every, every, ever the gang was all there. Kyle Sakara's family was yes. all there. Cam Davidowitz's family. Yep. Um, big groups from both of those. Mystic played in the match before. That's right. Um, against Old Blue. And most of the Mystic guys hung around. I mean, that includes mm -hmm. like Cody, Cam's brother, right? Yes. I mean, it's a really solid connection between the Davidowitz mm -hmm. um, group and Mystic. Yes. So it was it was a it was a great time all in all. Uh, the bathrooms were clean. They're, it's brand new. Very so, clean. Hey, good yeah. job having bathrooms. They were clean. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. Food. Couple food trucks. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was it was pretty decent. Free parking. I don't know how long that'll keep up. I have a feeling parking is only free because nobody really cares if there's you know 15 cars in the Best Buy parking lot. <laughs> um right. but for now i'll take it how yeah, often do you get sure. to drive to new york city or just you know a town adjacent to new york city absolutely park, park for free across the street from a major sporting event that you're going to it's it's got a lot of perks that made it as a traveling free jacks fan i mean yes. was pretty it was pretty fantastic I agree, man. Like, ultimately, I'll say this. Nice views uh, for the most part. Even the views, like the landscape around it is kind of cool to look and see all those houses yes. that are out there uh, that are kind of like the backdrop of the venue from one side. You know, the other side is just like a parking garage, which, you know, it is what it is. But um, otherwise, you know, I will say that the track around the pitch is a bit of a bummer. It kind of keeps things a little bit too far away, but it does provide those good views like you're not on top of the the action so you are kind of further back a little bit so it kind of makes it better to a certain extent where you can see everything that's taking place but um great location you know not much traffic or congestion in that area because you're just above the boroughs um and i will say it's easy on and easy off of the highway so you can't really beat that i think it's the hutchison parkway that you get onto and then immediately you're on uh, highway 15 from there to get into connecticut it's it's super easy in that aspect but of course you know again as you were mentioning kind of it's a morgue there in new york and i was kind of hoping that you know our efforts last year and showing them how to be fans and do chants and stuff like that it didn't translate and maybe hopefully down the road if they continue to stay at that venue and get consistent i really hope that they bring that type of good atmosphere there because we're kind of having to do the heavy lifting for them um, when we show up there. So that's, that's one thing that they really need to improve on is just the in-stadium atmosphere is just pretty much non-existent other than the traveling Free Jacks fans that show them up um, every single time that we go down there. Yeah. But yeah. What, one thing I would say I'd like, they did have like a designated DJ who you could like tweet yes. at for song requests. I thought that was just pretty clever, you know, kind of 2023 way to get, fans mm -hmm. engaged it also gets you more just engagement on your twitter account so it's kind of clever social media yeah. management um and uh i thought the on mic announcer like the hype man was mm -hmm. was pretty good like he mm -hmm. was he was pretty he was pretty decent and brought and brought good energy uh the crowd was not a very responsive to it like yes. i feel like the pieces are there yes and you know we knock on the new york organization a lot sometimes but um <laughs> Uh, you know, this one I felt like they had they had done some pretty decent work. Yes, uh, they I made think maybe the part of the yep. problem is like they've bounced around. That's exactly I mean, what it fans is. Fans yep. have come and seen other venues that aren't up to this standard. That's right. And they have they now have to kind of claw back from that and That's get right. and get fans reengaged and mm -hmm. get them there. So. I think they've had four venues over the course of like three years and stuff like that. So moving around like that, you can't, you can't have a solid, consistent fan base 
week in and week out if you continue to move each year. So they really have to build things up there. They need to stay in one place for a long period of time. And it really starts with the kids, right, to get people just mm-hmm. through the gates, get the kids involved, get community rugby going, you know, youth rugby. So that and also gets the parents involved. I mean, this is like this is they're not reinventing the wheel like this is happens yeah. over and over and over again in, in sports. You got to get the kids involved and you got to get people through the, the, the gate and you got to create some type of fan atmosphere. And they made the effort, but the fans were not very responsive. Again, it's kind of a morgue there as it was last year, unfortunately. They did like they did have the gorilla, which yeah, was, was pretty fun at halftime. I think we got to I think that's their new mascot. I mean, I don't think that's the last time that that's coming out. They called him Iron Will, which I gotta is say right? is not bad as a Iron Worker's mascot name, Iron huh. Will, you know. Uh so they can make all kinds of Iron Will sort of, you know, we have an Iron Will. Um interesting. And uh uh that gorilla's got a booty. We were, my, my friend my friend vadim who came to visit uh came for the match i was really excited he lives in like southwest connecticut okay um and he was just he was you know just ho- i hope everybody has fun kind of fan there mm-hmm. and uh he called him cake kong which i thought was pretty <laughs> pretty good pretty good uh it was very funny uh, i didn't i didn't quite understand what the the king kong outfit was out there for because you know again like i people i'm talking to people and stuff like that and i'm also i think he tr- they trotted him out at halftime so yeah, i was doing my halftime, halftime thoughts so i was kind of right. lost i just thought like he was a mascot for like a sponsor that they had that's literally what i thought was happening so yeah. that, oh wow i didn't know not okay. as far as i know i think it's a i think it's a new team team mascot kind of thing crazy All um right. He did. They did like a kicking contest where they, I saw he, that they tried yeah. to kick a uh, twenty-two meter, you know, penalty off a tee, which yep. was uh, pretty comical. I gotta say, for a dude in a gorilla suit, he kicked the ball pretty far. I mean, it, it almost <laughs> had the distance. It went over the, you know, the line. It landed in the the end goal there. Maybe that was Andy Ellis. You know, he's doing some technical. Uh, <laughs> all hands coaching. on deck, right? Yeah, exactly. You only know how these organizations run. Everybody's sure. doing all sorts of weird jobs. World Cup winner now in a, uh, a gorilla suit. Good for That's him. That's right. Love it. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that, you know, as you were saying, the guys from Mystic were there, you know, Buzz and Bubs. You know, I hung yeah. out with them, mostly stood with them for the first half of the game. And it was so nice to hear Bubs kind of just talking out what was happening on the pitch. Really, really good um, to, for me to kind of like see see the pieces as they moved and stuff like that. He was really, really awesome about that. It was just so great company. In the second half, I sat or stood rather with Kenny and Barbara, who are just the nicest people in the world. Some of my favorite Free yeah. Jacks fans of all time. They're quite lovely. Kenny is so funny, man, and and he is really the generator of the chance. Like, yeah. you know, he's the one that's always kind of coming up with these ideas for us to use and stuff like that. And and as you were saying, they had the we had the cue card that Barb had made up. It's just the, the the best people of all time. Some of my favorite folks. So yeah. Loved interacting with Scott the Big Guy Ferrara as well, of course. Yes. Uh, prior to the game and then after game, we always have a handshake and then do a little photo. Uh, and I'm always grinning a little bit more because it seems like we we win more frequently when we're down there. So that's always nice. And then I had a very strange encounter with Matt McCarthy. Uh, I saw so, him grinning like the yes. Cheshire Cat he in always, that photo. Yeah, it was very, very odd. So 
myself, Kenny, and Barbara were kind of waiting on Mitch Wilson to come out to do a little interview with me. Um, and uh, so Matt McCarthy is like walking down to me, and I'm like, okay, this is going to go interesting. I don't know how we're going to – because me and him, we always have these like little fun online spats. Right. We don't really like each other online, all this other stuff. Um, and every time I see him, I'm kind of like, meh, you know, just kind of like uh, Matt right. McCarthy, you know, that type of thing. So I'm like, is this guy going to hit me or what? So he holds his arms <laughs> out like this. I'm like, I guess we're hugging. Is he going so I hug? hug Matt McCarthy, my biggest online nemesis. That's and a, we're just, kind of a power move. It kind I respect of that. Yeah, Rolling yeah, up yeah. and just being like, we're hugging now. Yeah, it was wild. So I'm we not forcing it, bit. but how long are you going to make me stand here with my arms out? You know? <laughs> yeah. So we talk a little bit. He's just one. Of, he's a very, very funny guy. So we're kind of bantering back and forth. So he takes his exit. Eventually, like after I'm kind of done with my stuff, I'm exiting the the stadium. He's there talking to. At the time, I didn't realize it, but it was a very, very short man that I think is Mike Mike Petri. You know, former USA Eagle. Yes. Yeah. So I'm walking past him, talking to him. So I'm just doing this right here. Got you again, McCarthy. Just kind of, you know, shitting with him, <laughs> talking shit as I'm leaving. And he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I get about 50 feet away. He goes, hey, Phil, come here for a second. So I'm like, all right, I'm turning around. I'm walking back. I'm like, what is it now, McCarthy? And I get about maybe 10 feet away from him. He goes, nothing. Never mind. I'm like, ah, go F yourself. And I just walked away. So that was my last interaction with him. I just I told him to F off. So, oh, uh, I love it. I back love to our, it. Uh, yeah, back to our bantering ways, I guess. But yeah. Uh, Let's talk about the game. Ultimately, an amazing experience for the yes. traveling Free Jacks fans. It was a bit nervy in the first half here, but let's, um, you know, I wanted to write down my own stuff, but um, I, I got a message from our good friend, uh, Doug Coyle from DJ Coyle Rugby earlier today because I'd forgotten that he was going to be there. He was there. I missed talking to oh, him. Didn't bummer. get to see him. By the way, Gift of Bailu was there too. I mean, just all of the, you know, yeah. American rugby royalties was like there. Right? Too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we got a question coming in here from Bozo. Did TK rock the Vipers? I did not see that. I would guess probably the time for that would have been pre-game. Did you see him? Rocking the pit vipers? I'm not certain. I want to say yeah, but maybe I'm just thinking of the picture he sent. Yeah, so that might have been I, it. I'm, I can neither confirm nor deny the presence of the pit vipers on TK's face. Tell you what, TK, I'm sure you're going to watch this at some point. If not, if you're right. if you're not watching live, you're going to watch it at some point. So if you can, please, for the Rangers, please wear the pit vipers prior to the game uh, this weekend uh, against Dallas, you know, just put them on during the warmups for, you know, just for, for laughs and maybe we'll get a picture with you and that sort of thing. But of course, don't wear them to the game. It seems unprofessional, but maybe pregame, let's throw them oh, on for yeah, a second. Let's go for it. You know, yeah, absolutely. I, what, Bill Belichick coached in a cutoff hoodie, right? Like you can yeah, why not? You create your own style. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, my, my point with DJ Coy is it was such an amazing, amazing guy. One of our, a fan of this show. I'm a fan of his work. I mean, this guy is just a legend as far as I'm concerned. So I hate yeah. that I didn't get to see him. So I'm going to actually um, take the um, the breakdown directly from his article. And I do encourage people to go on to DJCoilRugby.com because it is such an excellent source of MLR news and also just the signings that take place. He does a really, really good job of, uh, you know, providing articles for each individual signing um, in MLR. And he does uh, great work. He Always does. has. Yeah. While you pull that up, I'm just going to say that I forgot. I made a note to say mm -hmm. that they did the anthem singer dirty. Yeah, she was so good. She yeah. was really good, and it's really hard to sing the anthem, uh, in like a you know amplified setting like that. Like really hard. I guarantee you could not do it if you tried, even poorly. Um, and she was fantastic, and her wireless mic kept cutting out 
and it, it was, was a like, shame. Yeah, it was so frustrating because it's so rare that you really have somebody that skilled doing it. Barb and I were trying to help her out in the stands, but yeah. you know, mine was very, very CMT. I'm always doing like a, a CMT version, a country music uh, television <laughs> version of the yep. anthem. So, all right, uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. All right, so the match recap from uh, DJCoilRugby.com says the rivalry between New York and New England continued in Mountain Vernon where hard hits were the norm, and that's absolutely the case. It took only a minute before Canadian international Andrew Coe left the field for an HIA, and Quinn, uh, I'm going to mispronounce this, uh, Nyagati, Nyagwati, uh, entered initially as a blood substitute and continuing for the remainder of the match. New England had the first scoring opportunity after an ironworkers penalty, eschewed a goal attempt, and kicked for the corner for a attacking lineout. The team mauled and Joe Johnson was held up in goal for a New York goal kick. And this happened a couple times in the game, and, he, and you feel like if they had gotten one or two of these down that actually turned up being held up, it kind of, we would have kind of ran away with it essentially, but good defense from New York's part. I wanted to mention uh, the Jacks continued to place New York under pressure and Cara Pryor was sent to the bin after a high tackle on Wayne Vanderbank. The free Jacks would cross in goal with Johnson held up a second time guys. So, you know, again, a uh, held-up situation there, so it's unfortunate. No points at this point. Uh, New York would gain an advantage after a long kick from Sam Windsor. This would lead to a breakout from uh, Quinn Naragati Garawati uh, after a. It, it's yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, say it one more time for me. Naguati. Naguati. After a New England offsides penalty, uh, Windsor slotted a penalty goal for a three. 0 lead. The Free Jacks answered back with a New York penalty with a Cam Davidowitz try from close range. Jason Potras conversion was wide, 3 to 5. New England scored again with uh Paula Bellincana's try in the far left corner and Potras adding the extras. It was 3 to 12 at this point. And then, you know, you felt good about the game at that point, but however, the penalty started kind of racking up for the Free Jacks and it really allowed New York to get back into this game right before halftime. Let me tell you what happened. Late in the first half, after a Jacks penalty, um, Sam Windsor slotted a penalty goal, so it was 6-12, to 12, and after an attacking lineout, Quinn dove over for a try in the right corner in the uh, 42nd minute. So at that point, it is 11-12. or 12. The conversion by Windsor for the lead was unsuccessful as the wind made uh, kicks almost impossible from touch at that point because the wind was absolutely ripping big time coming off of that uh, that uh, cliff there. So what was your first uh, half thoughts, Dave? How did you feel? Yeah, um, I think you're right. There was a little bit of discipline slip right at the end. Mm-hmm. And going into the half at 11 to 12, it was weird. It was kind of dissonant because in in one case it felt right because New York were really fighting. It was very competitive mm-hmm. in terms of the physicality. Um, but in the other in another sense, like we'd seen two tries held up, the Free Jack spent pretty much the entire first half, um, other than when the couple times New York scored, uh, they spent the whole first half down in the New York end. Yeah. I mean, one of the things Mike Petrie said is like, look, New York made the most of their opportunities in the first half, they just only got two, you know, like, th- like yeah. that was pretty much it. Um, there was not a lot that they had to work with really. 
Um, so or three, I guess. But but I don't know. I so I didn't know how to feel, but I I liked that what New England was doing. Um, what looked dominant. We looked in control. Yep. And physical. New York is still a dangerous team. So when they get those chances, yeah, they might just seal it like they did and 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 get those points. Yep. But in between, we were doing everything we had to do. Right before the um uh right before the first half, I think, was when Fido threw Wilson into touch. I believe so. That sounds right. Right, yeah. right before. It was like the big, yes, it was. So it was, and that was like the most under your skin thing I've ever seen. Like <laughs> Wilson just stopped him. He didn't do anything dirty or mean. Like it was just like a hit and then held him up, slowed him down, hit him, hit him high. Not like illegal high, just like got the yeah. ball, right? Trapped the ball so that uh, Fido couldn't offload. Two more free jacks come in. They go out of bounds. They stand up and like Fido gets up mad at Wilson Comes yeah. over, grabs him, throws him into touch. Reese McDonald runs over. Joe Johnston runs over. It was a very spicy little moment. Of course, no punches. These guys are quite disciplined. I don't think yep. anybody was really that mad either. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't even like it was just like, you know, bullying. Like it was just tossing the guy around. One of the things Wes said was like, note that, you know, Jesse Peretti wasn't out there. Right. And he did it to, you know, like away from. <laughs> certain people like he didn't go up and do that to vian conradi it's the other thing west said you know funny you know if didn't try to go for for vian um right. i will but, say this yeah go ahead it, well i was just gonna say that it was confirmed right at the beginning of the second half because it, that basically started with fido giving up a penalty because he right. dove it at, at um mitch's legs like at the back of a ruck, like Mitch wasn't engaged in the ruck. He was just standing behind it and starting to back away. Mm-hmm. And Fido just kind of dives across and takes him out and gave up a penalty. So, I mean, it, it felt good that we were that physically dominant and getting under New York's skin. I think we've seen the most success against really good teams mm-hmm. when we're upsetting them a little bit and getting under their skin. I think back to that Austin win last year that I love yes. to talk about. Yes. Yeah. 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 That, that was a great moment for sure. But you know, what you're talking about here is it, I think we we got into their their mind a little bit and it kind of shows as we talk about the second half they lost their heads in terms of discipline where we last week you know allowed a team almost to beat us mm-hmm. uh, the 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 New York uh, IT workers definitely allowed us to create this scoring distance between them in the second half because we got into their heads um, and their discipline failed them big time. And we'll, you know, we'll get further into that in a moment, but ultimately, you know, you're, you're pointing out a very, very important part of the game that took place where Fado is kind of being a bully, but keep this in mind, two free jacks, one of the smallest guys on the team, comes immediately to uh, to uh, yeah. Iron Man's aid and gets in the face of Ed Fido, who's about a foot taller than Reese McDonald, the Red Rocket, who's who I'm talking about. And then Joe Johnson comes over to help out as well. But where were the New York Iron Workers players coming over to aid Ed Fido and whatever yeah. shenanigans he was up to? Well, you didn't see it in the clip. That's and, true. They yeah. were playing the ball because yes. Kara Pryor that's, threw that's it in right. quick. That's right. And You're play right. play yeah. continued. Yeah, so. Right. They, you know, we we were actually down three guys. I mean, on that that's level, right. like that's pretty clever from Fido yeah. to mm-hmm. uh, what he really did is tie up three free jacks, and then Care Pryor seeing True. that was like, all right, boom, we're on. Like now we basically yeah. got a two man advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't, you know, it didn't work out for him. Yeah, uh, absolutely. In the moment. 
you know, you, you want to have that physicality, but you don't want to play over the edge and you don't want to play in your head. Yeah. Um, you don't want the other team to get under your skin to that extent where it affects your play. And I think the Free Jacks were successful in doing that. And ultimately, uh, New York partially lost this game because the penalties got out of hand and we were successful in converting those penalties into points. But uh, let's see what uh, old Dougie has to say about this. Let me get back to <laughs> his breakdown here, his recap. All right, second half. Um, New England struck quickly in the second half with Bellincona scoring in the left corner with Nick Feeks trying to hold him up. Again, the win was a factor as Patras' conversion was wide, 11-17. to 17. New York benefited from the two Free Jacks penalties, which resulted in a Kara Pryor try and a Windsor conversion to take it to an 18-17 lead. Very nervy at that point. I mean, it's back mm-hmm. and forth. You know, you kind of want to see this type of game. In the first half, I was thinking, this is – I mean, I was disappointed with uh, New York scoring there at, you know, basically at the death to, to yeah. bring it very, very close in the sec- in the first half. But I was like, you know what? As a neutral, this is exactly the type of game you want to you want to see two rival teams and it's close. There's no it's not a blowout. Yeah. Uh, New England tried to answer back, but uh, Wayne Vanderbank was held up in goal once again. So that's that's three held up yeah. situations, guys, where no try was awarded because, you know, uh, you know, if you want to call it New York was on the, the money there with defense, that's fine. But also the Free Jacks just not being able to execute when they could have come away with points there is another way to phrase it. Uh, ultimately, it resulted in a Ironworkers goal kick. Uh, the Free Jacks would take the lead for good after a attacking lineout and a Wayne Vanderbank try and a Patras conversion. 18-24 to 24 at this point. A penalty goal by Patras in the 61st minute meant that New York needed to score twice. At that point, it was 18 to 27. I felt pretty good about it at that time. Patras would add two other penalty goals to increase the team's point differential in the close Eastern Conference standings to win with a final of the New England Free Jacks 33 and the New York uh, Pet Sitters 18. So with the win, New England moves into first place with a 2-2 two and two record and 15 points. They host the Dallas Jackals on Saturday, March the 25th at Fort Quincy. Uh, rugby New York uh, fell to third place with a 2-3 and three record, entering a bye week before hosting Reband ATL on April the 2nd. So kind of going back here, what was your overall thoughts of the second half? And do you feel, did you feel comfortable after we took the lead, uh, making it, what, 18-24? Um, yeah, once we, once we pulled back ahead, we won the territory battle pretty well again in the second half. And we felt like we were in control really more than anything, more than the score. What made me feel comfortable were just how many penalties New York was getting up, which is how we won that territory. I mean, in part how we won that territory battle so well, every time they got down in our half, it seemed like, you know, they would, they would do something and end up back on their side so mm-hmm. it really kept the pressure on um i thought it was i thought it was a good half it's kind of the ideal rugby game like the first half you're like this this is close yes and then into the second half you're still like i don't know like right. i feel good but not that good yes and then the last 20 minutes you're like okay no i feel good yeah yeah this this like this we we win this is good i enjoy yep. this sports are fun Absolutely. It was such a good time. And I almost got a little teary eyed this morning when I was looking back at some of the the, the photos that were snapped that were shared on the Facebook, uh, or excuse me, the um, the social media for the Free Jacks of the, of the win and just the players. And I'm just thinking, man, like it, it feels so good 
to beat your rival. And by the way, you know, this is the team that knocked you out of the playoffs last year at home at Fort Quincy, the only team ever to have beaten us at Fort Quincy to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just happens to be your biggest rival. So it was such a it was such a great win for the New England Free Jacks to go down there once again. And that's three wins in a row, at least that yeah. I can think of at their home uh, ground where the Free Jacks have uh, snatched away wins down there. Um, so it's, yeah, when, it's great. When we went back up, like mm-hmm. when they took the lead in the second half and then we mm-hmm. we took the lead back. Abby, who was like kind of freezing, it was like 15 degrees colder than it was supposed to be. So we had yeah. our gear. She was all wrapped up in blankets. Like she was okay, but she yep. wasn't wasn't very animated because she was mm-hmm. just trying to stay warm. Yep. And um, she kind of like sits up taller and looks at me and just goes, we're winning. <laughs> it's beautiful. And then oh, I'm great. like, yeah, we are winning. They just took the lead. Like it was a, it was a really good try. Um, and then she says, we won last time we came to New York, too, because <laughs> we were at that match in Hoboken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just – it was it was very fun. That was kind of the feeling at that point. It was like once yeah. we were back in the lead, we're like, okay, this is only a temporary, mm-hmm. you know, uh, upsetting of, of circumstances. The Free Jacks are back in control. Um, it felt good. I mean, the Free Jacks really brought a lot of pressure on attack. Yes. Right, we've saw yes. more phases. It's something that we knew we were going to see more. We've seen them run more phases and be—I don't want to say ineffective, but not as effective as they c- could be. You know, at times already, we've seen them testing it out, and mm-hmm. I feel like we really saw it click pretty well in New York. Um, really powerful ball carrying from the forwards. Yes, highly functional set piece. It made it a really satisfying match to watch. Yep. Uh, in terms of like a where is the team at now, we're well and truly hitting the stride of the season, right? Yeah. So kind of taking the temperature of of how we're doing, and the answer was like really good. Like yeah. We're we're doing very well. Yeah. Um, we had a match without our two designated targets for and sources of heat, right? Yep. Josh Larson, Free Jack number one, Caston yes. was not there. And Jesse Peretti, who we know is both a lightning rod and somebody who, you know, will come crashing in and give it to you if you're getting a little bit ugly. He was not there. And despite the absence of those two guys, uh, they were physically dominant, often working in groups like two and three against two or three. That's right. That's how New York was defending as well. A lot of double tackles. We know they want to hold guys up and slow Mm -hmm. the ball down. And then generate, you know, choke tackles and turnovers when they can. You really got to get in and drive players to the ground. And they did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, set Pete scrum and line out looked really good. Uh, it was very consistent play. Now, not perfect. The wind was really strong. There were a lot of handling errors, but like, I'm not worried about it. I think it was mostly wind. Yes. Some of it yeah. came from really trying to push it a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. It didn't, it wasn't out of control. It wasn't like mindless. It was flair that didn't quite connect. You know, I I felt pretty, I felt pretty good about it. I wasn't at all frustrating. You know what I mean? Sometimes handling stuff is frustrating and this wasn't really frustrating. It was like, no, they just, they have pressure and they're trying to capitalize on it. They're not trying to force a play. Exactly. They're trying to make a play. And there's kind of a subtle difference there that felt good. Um, The full front row was replaced at 48 minutes all Mm -hmm. at once real team effort i love that the scrum stays powerful if anything starts generating more penalties Mm -hmm. often when the you know that bomb squad comes on 
it's it's really encouraging all in all it was just a really fun match to watch i had a really good time same here man i you know we i just as you're talking about all of these things that have that the free jacks did so well in this game it reminds me of the game that we watched where we were so frustrated in that san diego away game which seems like months ago at this point because the free jacks have really you know taken that those issues that they had in that game and, and have really improved tremendously yeah. you know you're always going to have some handling errors knock-ons are just a part of the game you know somebody you know they miss the the pass and it bounces off their head or whatever is it that stuff's just going to happen but you have to execute well uh in your opponent's 22 and i think the free jacks for the most part did that very well in this game you know going back to that san diego game where it looked so poor the line out was a mess but now it, it's one of the strengths right now there, there was i think maybe one uh, Miss Q in the lineouts, and by yeah. the way, as you're saying, our best jumpers were not available in this game at all. Josh Larson not there. Regan O'Gorman injured. You know, Jesse Peretti not available, suspended. So the guys that came in did a fantastic job. Samisi got the start. Uh, he was on the show. What was it last week? Yeah, did a fantastic yep. job. The um, Jacks Rangers know. bump. Exactly. That's it. That's it. The Jacks <laughs> Rangers bump. So guys, if you want to come on the show, uh, you know, we'll have you on an interview. And the next week, you're going to be uh, the man of the match. <laughs> um, that's exactly how it works. That's science. Um, yeah. so yeah, can't explain that. It's just, it's, it's like I said, I, I just feel so, so happy for this organization and for these players to get that win over New York and for the fans, you know, obviously, yeah. especially the ones that made the trip down when you experience, you have it for the people out there, the Rangers out there that have not experienced an away game for the free Jacks yet. You're really, really missing out. I mean, obviously we want you there at Fort Quincy, every single game, loud and proud, you know, stomping your feet, doing the chance, all that sort of stuff. That is extremely important. Obviously we want that place to be a fortress, but there's just this extra level of like, we want to show our opponents how good of a fan base we are on the road. So I, I you know, everybody that's listening to this, please come to the next uh, game that we play down there next year in New York so we can show out once again because you know I think people really took notice last year of our traveling uh, fans and I think this year sure I'm sure the same thing has happened because you could probably hear us on the broadcast yeah uh, after after like Wayne's uh bonus point try in the second yeah. half uh which I think was like 47 minutes something like that I mm -hmm. could be wrong um he you can hear on the broadcast the huzzas we got the nice. huzzas going Love and it. Love you know it, that was the bonus point huzzah everybody's got a little extra energy for that yeah. one um so yeah we 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 really we brought it it's a good time it's a lot it of is. fun it is it's a blast it's a blast so with that being said let's move into the musket size pants scent and i keep getting this this gentleman's last name wrong so i'm gonna say quinn and dave take it away what's his last name for me naguati naguati got it he is a center from uh canada he's a canadian international just 23 years old comes from a rugby league background absolute unit in the back line he looks jacked and really tall so i looked up his stats he is six foot four 220 pounds came in for the injured andrew coast so i think he was on the wing um in the first minute and looked dangerous throughout the game scored um a try one try in the corner right before the half and had a huge gain line busting run that looked like he was going to just take it all the way or the free jacks had to scramble on defense and, and get him brought down uh, he uh very very good player really enjoyed watching him play and for a guy that had to come in in the first minute he looked really really comfortable out there and very very dangerous with ball in hand so he is my musket size pants tent and from yeah. there we will move over to nvp i think maybe you went 
first last week, so I will I'll go okay, ahead and go ahead. I've got the wrecking ball, Paula Bellincana, uh, who has been a menace for defenders this year, bagging himself two tries against the New York Dog Walkers. He uh, currently is tied for second place in the entire league for the most tries scored, and I mistakenly posted that his birthday was Saturday, uh, so I felt like I needed to make it up to him. His birthday was not Saturday. I had to retract that and quickly <laughs> delete it online. Birthday. Yeah, I kind of so, like that. I think I I'm, I wrote all this stuff down on my calendar on my phone from yeah. uh, um, America's Rugby News. So ultimately, it's Brian Ray is to blame for this, and By so the hand <laughs> that feeds you. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So uh, Brian, you know, I, I love you, pal. I'll see you this Saturday. We'll talk about that in in the next segment. But yeah, that Paula Bellincana is my MVP. Uh, who all you right. got? Uh, bear bear with me here, Phil. No, you're good. Uh, I am. I was a little excited about this game. So yes. Ben Lesage had really good runs in the center, actually True. out on the wing some too, just, mm-hmm. you know, doing his job. It really looks like he's hitting his form. He was the tackle leader out there really disrupting the New York attack when they had the ball. 13s sure do work hard. Yes. Um, Wayne Vanderbeek had a really good match. Just a lot mm-hmm. of involvement. He's such a quality ball carrier. He runs so well after contact. Um, he is just a really solid player his try was very like big brain he waited until he came to a stop and then reached out and touched the ball down you only get one motion if he had started you know and done like a little half motion or a roll or something then Mm -hmm. they probably would have gotten called for playing the ball on the ground what we used to call like a second movement or second attempt where they just you know what you're just you've been tackled you've already played the ball once you're just on the ground playing the ball it's not a different mm-hmm. penalty but he could have gotten pinged for that if he wasn't smart about it and he was smart about it also just knowing he could do it that nobody from new york was going to kick the ball out of his hand or anything mm-hmm. reese mcdonald kicked really well he fielded well he hit the line he continues to test the defense every time he gets the ball we haven't seen it work out in terms of like an an, an incredible reese mcdonald you know three try performance or something right. yet but like it's it kind of feels like a matter of time yeah he's for sure. uh he's a really exciting player to watch at one point he grubbered it it was blocked by sam windsor like kick like with his foot right so mm-hmm. windsor kicks it back on the ground yep and reese mcdonald kicked it back <laughs> past sam windsor right so like a like a wizard in dungeons and dragons who casts a spell and then the other wizard casts counter spell right yep. well yep. you can counter spell the counter spell he counter spelled the counter spell it was incredible it was incredible just like amazing it was so fun like i jumped out of my seat it was such an awesome moment um really exciting reese mcdonald was awesome cole keith 50th cap congrats to him him. really good carries he had some awesome ball carries close to the line and out in the middle of the field really good work rate uh big do your job energy in the set pieces Mm -hmm. um took advantage of the care prior card and they generated a really nice penalty with a scrum down in the new york end cam davidowitz scored his second try on a lovely cross behind the ruck yeah. Catch the defense sleeping. I have seen this play work a hundred times at the club rugby level. It is such a good, simple play. Uh, and I love seeing stuff like that pay off in Major League Rugby. Um, Andrew Quatran played well. Ludicrous little sacrifice flick to JP on Paula Balacana's first try where he just like barely touched it and then got destroyed. But he shipped it on to John Poland, who then made the pass out to Balacana. Mm-hmm. Um Joe and Mitch both stepped up big time. Joe Johnson and Mitch Wilson as leaders, as captains. Credit to them for having the team this ready for this Mm -hmm. game. 
uh, just absolutely prepared to battle. Paulo Balcana, you already talked about two tries. <laughs> Fantastic to have him as a finisher. The pace and power of Edfado with the bonus of not being a big old jerk. Um, <laughs> nice. Vian Conradi led in. Yeah, I'm, I'm being nice. Vian Conradi led in carries again. He had mm -hmm. the most tackles for a forward again. Have we checked to see if he's human? Can he go through a metal detector without setting it off due to being like a highly advanced android? By the way, he has the most carries in the entire league right now, David. I just I looked it up. He Incredible. Is, he is a monster. Yeah. Um, John Poland, you can put him on the list of people who just do it every week. Mm -hmm. um, it's not easy to do his job as windy as it was. Probably the strongest wind they'll play in all season. Um, and, you know, you wouldn't even have noticed that it was windy just to watch him play. Mm -hmm. Jason Patro's got a big shout out as man of the match. Well earned. 13 points um yep. i like his interview his kicking was great his defense was really good all over the mm -hmm. pitch he led a very effective attack i loved his long looping passes off you know over crashing defenders really mm -hmm. fun to watch very brave as windy as it is and he dropped them where they needed to be um if he didn't get man of the match on the broadcast i would pick him yeah um but he did and so he got some love and with that, I have mentioned every single free jack who was in the game. It's insane. But the, the compliment train is just buzzing right you, through it's, here. It's just choo-choo. I'm I was I was so <laughs> genuinely pleased with this match. Of course. Um, yeah. But Samisi Paya and Connor Keys both had to step up big time. Yes. With Larson and Peretti both out. And they did, like a hundred percent, did what they had to do. The lineout and the scrum were big sources of the stability that let the Free Jacks generate all that pressure yep. and have all that control for almost the whole match. Um, let it never be said that I overlook the big boys who work hard in the trenches <laughs> and lay the foundation for all the really exciting stuff. Samisi worked really hard. He got replaced by Sam Fishley, who's playing mm -hmm. a little out of position. I'm sure he's played plenty of luck, but, you know, he's a, primarily a flanker. Flanker, yep. Good for him playing out of position. But Connor Keyes brought the heat. He played the entire 80 minutes. Um, he played hard. And only tight five player that played the whole match. Um, I think this match is really a showcase match for him and shows why it was so exciting that he got picked up. Um he brought a hard edge for 80 minutes. A mm -hmm. lot of stuff. I mean, similar stuff that what to what Josh Larson does. I mean, apparently we need a, you know, big old Canadian. It's the Canadian, yeah. Oak, you yes. know, to, yes. to out there every week to to lay the foundation for the team. He yeah. really stepped up, I thought, uh, and played a good match, doing you know just little things, generating pressure uh, all around the malls. He was working super hard to disrupt those um and to and to get good good drives great in the lineouts um very athletic to do it the entire time connor keys my man of the match hey man i listen you know me phil i always <laughs> am the one that's like razzle dazzle like i want to see the the fun stuff give me ball in hand running rugby right that's that's I, I'm, I'm always transfixed by that as a spectator but I, I 100% agree. I, I bought Connor Keyes' uh, Heritage Irish jersey because yeah. I'm a, such a huge fan of him. Obviously, it's, you know, same position that I played, so I always love the locks. I don't talk about him quite as much as I should. But, yeah, a fantastic choice, excellent choice for MVP. He, he truly stepped up. And this is a guy that's a Canadian international. He's not some kid off the street. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like, uh, you know, you're tall. You want to play rugby for the New England Free Jacks because we're down a couple players? Like, this is a legit rugby player that, that was an impact player in, in Atlanta. And we're lucky to have him. And I'm so glad that he's a Free Jack, for sure. 
Alrighty. Uh, with that being said, we're going to exit this particular segment and move over to our Dallas preview. Uh, any final thoughts on the game? Um, it was it was lovely. I don't know how a stadium as enclosed on all sides as that stadium can be as windy as it was. It was kind of a marvel of physics. I agree. And New York that's my, sucks. That's my closing thought. <laughs> all right. In three, two, one, huzzah! huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I am joined with Diamond Dave McVeigh. Diamond Dave, how the hell are you? I am doing very well, Phil. How about yourself? Not too bad, my friend. Um, Super excited for the second game at Fort Quincy for the 2023 season. This one just happens to be against the Dallas Jackals. You may have heard of them. Uh, They currently have the longest losing streak in the history of MLR 21 losses in a row, zero wins. I feel bad for them, to be honest, David. I really do. At this point, like at first, it was kind of fun. Like, oh, look at these guys. They can't, they, they, you know, they, they can't get out of their own way. They keep losing games. Like, and I'm talking about last year. Mm-hmm. And then there's that tragic accident that takes place that injures a couple of their players. It's like, oh, this is just yeah. bad luck, right? But now it's just a little like, ooh, this is not good. Um, so yeah, they're coming into town. But here's the thing: like, look, taking a quick look at the standings, and at the start of the season, it looks a lot like last season for Dallas in terms of points. The Jackals have a total of three points right now. Five games played, five losses, a point differential of minus seventy-eight. They almost beat the other previously winless squad, Bozo's World Beaters, in the form of the <laughs> Chicago Hounds last weekend, but came up just two points short. We have heard from our Dallas correspondent, Rick Collins, about how this team was completely reinvented themselves, essentially, from last year. There are so many new players. They're under brand-new management. There's an Argentinian invasion that is taking place in Dallas, but it hasn't really struck gold yet. You know, the other Texas team, the Houston franchise, prior to that takeover of the South African variety, they were the laughing stock of the league uh, for many, many years. They were like one of the worst teams, but they have really turned that thing around. And that's, I think that's what Dallas wanted to do, where they're bringing in, you know, a certain nationality with the management team who's going to bring in a lot of those players and try to get this thing going. But it really hasn't worked yet. I spoke with Mitch Wilson and head coach Scott Matthew after the big win down in New York, and they both told me that we cannot overlook Dallas. And I feel like Jason Potras also echoed the same thing in the uh, the Man of the Match broadcast on uh, TRN. So what is your thoughts about Dallas? How, where do you stack up? Do you think, you know, this is a team that's just garbage and the Free Jacks are going to win? I feel like that's not your typical take right there. Right. But uh, do you feel like this is a team that, you know, is just on the verge of winning? Like, where do you, where do you see them? Yeah, I mean – their fans are really frustrated. It a, a season and now like a quarter is a long time to go without winning anything. Yeah. Yeah. Last year they were they have been a little bit cursed, you know, mm-hmm. they pulled mm-hmm. out of that like their first season due to concerns about COVID restrictions and whether it would like could really work for them to debut a team that year. Um then you know, they lost all their players in their in a dispersal draft due to that because you know they're all centrally contracted. Um, that's how the Free Jacks ended up with Vian Conradi. That's right. Very yep. famously, you know, we don't talk about it much anymore. But a year ago, two it's years true. ago, that was a big that was a big story. You know, that was, that was yeah. pretty significant. And we talk about how great he is weekly. Um, 
they they lost some really quality guys. Uh, I think they lost Connor Mooneyham too. Is that right? I think that's I think, correct. Think yeah, that he was like he well. was their first draft pick of yeah. all time. Yeah, right. And then they that's had right. to release everybody because they that's chose right. to to wait. A Insane. Year. Um. So in that sense, I mean, their fans are long suffering, right? Mm. Like at this point, mm-hmm. we can consider them, you know, long long suffering fans. I think a year and a half plus all the preseason, not preseason, but but pre debut woes of like delaying a year and losing their quality players and having to rebuild once before they even started competing and then rebuilding again. Um, their coach, Augustine Cavalieri, uh, he's he's a good coach. He mm. comes to Dallas from the Italy under-20 team. That's what he was doing before this as a forwards coach. Hmm. And I don't know if you're up to you know stuff on your U-26 nations um no. i'm not really myself except to, you know I, i'll usually check the results when they come in you know where's bozo at i'm sure he's watching all of those games yeah yeah, yeah. but italy are very good yeah. like their under 20 team are very good i think they just finished like third um just not this bad. this previous six nations that just concluded like mm-hmm. they're good he also they have a good pack in dallas so he has the right tools to work with it takes time to bring a, a, a whole pack together and, yeah. and get systems working. They also have Mario Ledesma, the legendary Argentinian hooker. He's part of that 2007 uh, mm-hmm. World Cup where they came in third, fourth, fourth, I think, semifinal loss. Um, so they're quality coaches. They have good players. Mm-hmm. Um, it just hasn't clicked yet. And I, I rather than thinking like, man, these guys are terrible. They're just never going to win a game. <laughs> right. They're like a ticking time bomb. I wanted yeah. them to beat Chicago last week mm-hmm. so Me too. bad. Me too. Because I do not want to play these guys without a win. Yeah. You know, I, I really think that psychologically that's that's tough. That that can be one of the hardest things in terms of leadership, making sure the guys keep their edge, is mm-hmm. not laughing at a team like this and just saying, well, you know, well, uh, and I know these, you know, the players are professional. I'm not suggesting either that they're like, oh, who who gives a shit? You know, these guys right. suck. I'm not going to work hard. But it's <laughs> it's tough. It's it's if I was the coach, I would be sweating bullets this mm-hmm. week. I would be more stressed out this week than I yep. was last week against New York. That's, Absolutely, that's just me knowing myself personally as a coach. Yeah, you know, I I would get I would get worried. Credit to those guys. I think the leadership is really good. It is. Um, yep. We're fortunate that we have no hand in influencing the outcome, so we thank can God. talk about Dallas stinking. Yeah, thank seriously. Yeah. Well, we can we can kind of Dallas stinks, which I mean, in terms of their record, they do um that's you can't really argue that they've never won a rugby match it's fair but um i'm reassured knowing that everybody we've heard talk about dallas has said how much they respect them Mm -hmm. and how serious they're taking this game um i do think that it has the potential to be a pretty lopsided match if the free jacks play it like they play every other match this season exactly um you know that's that's the biggest challenge but then again even framing it that way even saying hey you know the most important thing is we show up and play and then mm-hmm. we'll win that is itself kind of slipping into that complacency that's of right yeah like, hey, you know as long as we have a decent game it's in hand we just got to make sure we play okay like mm-hmm. it's tough it's kind of a you know it's a little bit of a mind freak um so that that those are the reasons that that I kind of get a little a little stressed out by a game like this 
They're a legit team. They have some yes. really good players. You know, I'm going to talk about a prop. Juan Pablo Zeiss was like a all MLR in 2021 or 2022. Can't remember. Maybe both. Um, Could be. He's a very good. He's a very good prop. Um, Sam Gala, the number one draft pick in 2022, yep. is a lock. He comes out of the Cal Berkeley system. He's number um, two in most tackles in the league right now. Yeah, he's a he's a workhorse. He's a unit mm-hmm. too. He runs hard. He tackles hard. Um, he's one of those big old meat sticks. Um, that's the same college that the Cal Berkeley system produced Blaine Scully. It produced Danny Barrett. Danny Barrett These guys yeah. are a big deal. And, you know, last but not least, Nick Chavetta, who just retired from, rug- from mm-hmm. rugby. He just announced mm-hmm. he's done playing professionally and internationally. Um, he's still carrying on. He's going to be coaching Oxford over in the UK, which is pretty nice. cool. He got his graduate degree there. Cool. Um, so he's got some Oxford roots, and he's going to stay on as the head of the U.S. Rugby Players Association. So he is the head of the burgeoning rugby players uh, union in mm-hmm. the U.S., which is great. It's a very positive thing for um, these guys who you know go to great risk. They're really doing a lot of work, making sure that things like uh, medical and housing and, and mm-hmm. things like that are up to up to standards around the league. Yep, uh, protecting players. That's the union's whole purpose is protecting the protecting the people who are the members. So. That's excellent, but uh, goal is a real deal. He's he's a good he's good up in the air in the lineouts. Mm-hmm. Um, their hooker Connor Robinson is a former Free Jack. He left after the big, That's right. you know, uh, I uh, I think he he left before that the Dallas accident, I believe. That sounds uh, right. Yeah, I, I could be wrong though. We had uh, an exchange that, with Dallas with a couple year. of yeah, players. We, yeah, some that of were them like were temporary. Yeah. Some of them were like longer term. Yes. Um, but I think he was earlier, and one of the guys who went down, um, Kale Hodgson, who's no longer at Dallas, was another That's right. guy who went pretty early. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could I could be mixing him up there. But Connor's good. He had a try last week against Chicago, um, coming off the bench. Uh, so you know he's a guy to watch. Biggest player to watch on Dallas for me, Adrian Boyson. He is the number okay. eight for Namibia. And you may be saying, wait, wait a minute. We have one of those. Yes. And you would be correct. Uh, Boyson is also has, I think he's got seven or eight caps. He's a real hard runner. He is a difficult guy to tackle. Um, and it is going to be a, a, a pretty fun battle. I think of the hard running number eights this coming weekend. I'm excited, man. Listen, this is a game that, People shouldn't sleep on, and I know that it's 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 just it's it's in the nature of fanatics and fans to be like, well, this team stinks, right? You know, they've never won a game, they've lost twenty one games in a row. Um, Dallas can't get out of their own way, you know, they can't win games, they can't finish games, all this other stuff that takes place. They're unlucky. All you know, this is what's going through people's minds, and I'm glad that the Free Jacks organization, the 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 coaching staff, the management, they are taking this game seriously. Uh, and don't just believe me. Let's listen to what they said on, on you know, interviews with us and um, what, what Jason Potras had to say. And, you know, the leadership of this group is so strong. And you kind of have to have that if you want to have a successful organization because these type of games can be killer because you go into it. If you're if you're just, you know, like a uh, lazy week, you know, complacency creeps in. We're going to beat this team 100 to zero or whatever. That's not what's taking place. And I'm so glad that that is the case. And we'll see it on the pitch this weekend. Um you know, Dallas coming in here with a lot to prove. They want to get that first win. Uh, and I don't think that they're going to be too scared. I mean, this is a team that uh, Coach Scott Matthews said that they're very, very together. There's a lot of togetherness with this squad. And when your back's up against the wall and everybody thinks you suck, I think it's easy to come together as a team and try to prove people wrong. I don't think it's too difficult to do that. So 
Um, I'm excited to see what takes place. I really, really, as a Free Jacks fan, I don't want the Dallas's first win ever to be against the high-flying, mighty New England Free Jacks because it, it changes the narrative. Because how can you lose to a Dallas team that, even though we know that they're gelling better than they previously did, um, how do you lose to them if you just beat your biggest rival, who's the reigning champions? That brings a lot more questions that I want to ha- than that I don't want to have to figure out answers for at this point. So we'll have to see how it goes. Um, but I'm not, I'm not too worried. But you know, the longer that the week goes by, I get more and more concerned with with, with what might happen during the week. So I'm a little nervous. With, with this game, but I, I feel like, you know, obviously Fort Quincy is not going to let us down. It's a fortress. We yeah. should expect um, our fans to be loud and proud and maybe scare Dallas a little bit, as we always like to think that we, we do against opponents and make it a little bit more intimidating. But with that being said, let's go into the key to the game. Uh, and I will let you go first since you did MVP first. All right. My key to the game is going to be winning collisions. Now, this is something the team is already good at, but I think it is a good barometer for where we are at in terms of our head in the game, being mentally and physically prepared to bring the edge that we bring week in, week out. Kind of a mark of our consistency. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we'll be able to see right from the kickoff is always a collision. And I want to see them you know, winning the collisions in the way that we typically do. So winning collisions. Okay. I love it, man. I think for me, it you know, I, I put down something that you had done at, uh, for the first week is keep it simple, but I'm not going to go with that. I think if the Free Jacks truly did keep it simple, then they have enough firepower and enough you know quality depth on this team to beat a Dallas squad that is just recently assembled, that's still kind of gelling. I would have loved for this game to be the first game of the season, right? Get this out of the way. This is a brand new team that don't know each other, that don't have chemistry and that sort of stuff. We would have just ran all over them in the first game. Now I'm a little bit more concerned. So my key to the game is avoid the upset. We believe that the Free Jacks will not be complacent. We believe that they're going to work hard in practice and stay focused on beating this team who's never won a a single game but you know you got to make sure that the leadership you know i'm sure that they're on everybody throughout the week and saying who cares if they've lost every single game they could beat us here and it'd be embarrassing we don't want that for our fans so avoid the upset play like you did against uh you know the defending champions and if you do that you'll have nothing to worry about in dispatching dallas and i really really hope that we don't lose this game because i will just be completely bummed and a lot of the you know the the buildup that we've had in the first you know quarter of this this season really could be thrown into question a little bit um, if we lose to Dallas, especially on the national stage, right? Everybody thinks, oh, Free Jacks just beat the reigning champions, biggest rivals. They're three and one right now. Could be, you know, the champions of the league, you know, could be a final between uh, San Diego and New England. All of that's being discussed in the background. It's just a lot of noise at this point, but you don't really want to have people doubting this team, um, by losing this game. So I, I just want to say I'll avoid the upset. Excellent. Uh, all right. Um, prediction time, and I will go first. Um, so it would be easy to say that Jacks by 90 could come into play in this <laughs> one, but I'm going to dismiss this, uh, you know, because ultimately Dallas is a very, very strong squad. They're unlucky a little bit in certain games. They're gelling more and more each week. Um, you had mentioned last week how the most frequent score in MLR is 31. 
And that has been stuck in my mind for some reason. So I'm going to flip that and say Dallas will score 13 and New England will score 31. So it is a comfortable win for the Free Jacks. Uh, Quite a bit of distance between the two. But, um, yeah, hopefully that's how it turns out and not the the, uh, the opposite there because that would be very, very bad. (laughs) That would would be unfortunate. Um, What you got? All right, we're going to let the dice decide, and we'll see if they feel as confident as uh, you and I want to feel. Yeah. Ooh, I got <laughs> 68. That what? Was, that was a very high value with the dice what? spoken. Um, what dice are you using here, Dave? Uh, two 10-sided dice. I usually okay. roll. I usually re-roll anything over an 8. Okay. Um, or at least one. Two... 26 the dice the dice have predicted a very high scoring game this i week. love it you know what yeah. that would be a record-setting performance by the free jacks at home at fort quincy and and you know if you know we're probably overthinking this but let's hope that is the case and you know the new england free jacks show and flex their muscles and just absolutely tear dallas yeah. a new one and kick them out of town um that would be a and- fantastic score and we're also, I mean, I can't speak for you, but like my, my trepidation arises from like my own anxiety, sure. not from anything I know about like the organization right. or like, of Oh, course. I don't know if they're doing it. Like, it's all just the, yes. the con it's all context. It's all right? up here. It's, it's, it's all up here. Ears. It's just yeah. like, I don't like playing a team. It's we've never played them before. I think that's why it's bothering. That's right. If we had given them one of those, what did you say? 22 loss, 21 losses in a row. That's like, right. Yeah. If we had given them one of those, I would feel better like it wouldn't feel so weird but it feels weird that we've never played them they've Mm -hmm. never won a game and like here we are walking into this they're almost it's like playing a ghost you know it's a great way to put it that's something that we have not discussed yet prior to you just mentioning that this is a team that the new england free acts have never played before uh have never been down to dallas they've never come up here so it, there's a lot of unknowns i mean you know we can look in, at a distance and say dallas never won a game blah 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 21 losses all that other stuff but you know until you know uh, shoulders hit shoulders it's just kind of like what you know, like Dallas Jackals. Okay, they're they're kind of a new team, but you know we've never played them before. So it's, there's that unknown, there's that mystery factor as you're talking about. Um, you know, we we could have the the all star all blacks coming in here, and we wouldn't know it. You know what I mean? So, right. um, two things that I wanted to mention real quick before we jump off here. One is uh, our good friend of the show and Dallas correspondent Rick Collins and his girlfriend will be in Boston at Fort Quincy for this game. I think he's flying up the day of, as a matter of fact. So oh, wow. hopefully no delays on that flight. But uh, if you see a, a Dallas fan, might be the only one uh, in the in the Fort Quincy, make sure you say hello and, and give him a huzzah. He really loves uh, uh, doing that on the show. So very, very nice guy. Just the sweetest guy in the world. Really hoping that they get a win at some point just not this week um and uh, number two the best mlr pundit that has ever lived that has walked the face of this earth brian ray of america's rugby news who is truly i consider mlr royalty right up there with matt mccarthy and all these other guys that do a fantastic job he's the man he he will be in Fort Quincy for this game. He had told me that, you know, he has to come and experience the atmosphere of Fort Quincy. So guys, listen, you know, we have really been making, um, 
waves with the national MLR press and pundits and all that stuff, they understand that Fort Quincy is an amazing, amazing atmosphere that they have to come and see. So Brian Ray, you know, we all know him as our tour, uh, Toronto correspondent. He's a big Toronto fan, but he's coming. Not with, not Toronto's not even playing. He just wants to experience the atmosphere of Fort Quincy. So I think that's just a huge thumbs up uh, uh, for our fan base and what we're doing here in New England. So if you see him, he's kind of a nerdy looking guy. Uh, make sure you say hello and 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 and, uh, and say yeah. the Jacks Ranger show sent you and give him a huzzah. He's he's just the nicest guy in the world and and, and probably the best. Like I said, you know, uh, not too biased here, but probably the best MLR pundit. He came out with some of those preseason all of the teams. He did a breakdown yeah. of every single team, and it's just it's just unreal. He's so good. They're, they're so good. He really gives off like the sense that this guy knows more about all of the personnel and levels of management in MLR right. than like just about anybody else who's yeah. not working in it, maybe. Uh, and maybe some of them too. Like he's he's it's legit. unreal. It, it's a um, marvel. He really does a tr- lot of work too. We talked about Doug Coyle in the yeah. in the review episode too, you know, and yeah. Doug does a lot of work. Brian best, does yeah. just a tr- both of them do it just so much labor like the mm-hmm. amount of time it takes to research and write all the articles they write they're mm-hmm. they're so useful because not nobody else is really doing it except for those, those that's two true guys. yeah and um it's wonderful so yeah i look forward to that i'm gonna have to find brian and uh and say hi and thank you I told him um, to come into Section 5 and, and experience the atmosphere. And he said, Section 5, it sounds like a psych ward. And I said, it kind of <laughs> is, to be honest yeah. with you. Oh, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, <laughs> I realized we didn't talk about the theme, which is flannel disco. There you go, yeah. Now, I don't know if somebody in the Free Jacks press room is listening to the show, but <laughs> I asked Daniel, what's a flannel disco? And Just as a fun question, um, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, like a how long is a piece of string sort of thing. And the Free Jacks put it up. They said a flannel disco is the way we disco in New England. A flannel is perfect for all occasions, including funky, friendly disco parties. Wear your best flannel outfit and grab some Free Jacks branded Vermont (laughs) flannels too. Um, They're going to have a chili and beer party. So you can get a separate ticket for that and do some beer tasting and eat some chili. Sounds like a good time. National Collegiate Rugby Monumental Sevens will be happening before the match. We get some good weather. Hopefully they'll get a good crowd in the stands. That's an automatic qualifier for the Nationals, the uh, NRC. So that's super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal sort of tournament. Like it's, it is, yep. you know, the winning that is, is, will be quite meaningful for the teams who are competing. So that's correct. Expect yep. a real competition. Um, mm-hmm. And then they have live music from Booty Vortex, which is, I mean, there's a great a name. I used to dance name. under that name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so it should be, it should be a really fun day. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good time. I like the vibe of just like getting funky in flannel. Absolutely. We'll be wearing our flannel and I've got a little bit of a secret uh, under my sleeve, a little, you know, additional thing to the outfit that I'll be showing off at Fort Quincy on that uh, Saturday. So, yeah, super excited, man. Um, With that being said, I think we've only got one word left and that is three, two, one. Huzzah. Huzzah. All right, Rangers, tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Continue to interact with us on social media. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you are listening to this on. And if you can, we would really appreciate all the Rangers that go on to our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating over there. Hope to see all of the Rangers out there at Fort Quincy on Saturday. 
Saturday against Dallas should be a very good time. Bring a friend that's never seen a rugby game before. Let's try to break that attendance record once again at Fort Quincy. With that being said, we're going to ride off into the sunset here at the Jacks Ranger Show on this particular episode, episode 70. So I got a couple things before we trot on out of here. Saddle up, let's ride, beat Dallas, and huzzah! Woo!